0: This is Levi Bates. This is Rich Bokini. This is Stu Young. Teddy Stigma, the world's worst role model.
1: E-F-F-Y-F-E.
0: This is Holiday. This is El Serpentigo. The princess of pro wrestling, SoCal Val.
1: And we are... The Ugly Ducklings!
2: And you are listening to...
1: The only wrestling podcast that calls it... Right down the middle, the whole... and
3: Show.
0: And now... The wrestling
1: podcast that calls it right down the middle, The Whole Reffin Show.
2: Hey guys, it's episode 106 of The Whole Reffin Show. Welcome to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. My name is Darren Beasley. My name is Perry Smith. And the two of us are so stoked that you are listening to us right now. We are so stoked that you are back on episode 106. We're so stoked that we're back on 106. We're in the whole Refn Show home studio. We're no longer in Gainesville, Florida. We are hot off the heels, though. I can still see the smoke. I can still smell the
3: exhaust i'm still burning from that uh that jason Cade victory in that fatal four way not that that's what happens (laughs) (laughs)
2: spoilers no i can still smell the smoke from fest 17 And, and literally the literal smoke that's in the air um boy
3: cigarettes have not fallen out of fashion uh, at a punk rock oh festival. God. no they have not. I, I always forget that you can smoke, like, like when I see smoking indoors uh, on that moon in uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, <laughs> indoor. Anyway, um, when I, when I see smoking indoors, like whenever I go to Vegas, uh, you know, living in LA, I go to Vegas every now and again, it's, it's a, I want to say quick four hour drive, but you know, it's, it's shorter than a plane ride across the United States, right? So I've gone to Vegas a few times, but when, the first time I see someone smoking, I always wanted to like go tell an adult like there's someone there's someone breaking the rules but I go oh that's right they don't give a fuck here but now we gotta you eight wanna you seconds. wanna you wanna go tackle them oh I can tackle them or tattle them apparently uh, but now I uh, being in eight seconds and everyone is fucking puffing away and it's just like <laughs> I'm I, I have to readapt to it because now I get like a headache when I'm around too much uh, cigarette smoke it's, it's it's very odd you know speaking of smoking in Las Vegas. The one the
2: only, I have the, not seen that Nicolas Cage movie <laughs> <laughs> smoking in Las Vegas. The one and only time I have been to Las Vegas was uh, excruciating do not spend six days in Las Vegas by yourself.
3: Okay, that sounds like a plan.
2: Uh, no, it sounds like not a plan. Uh, I and the plan of
3: not doing that. Oh, I'm ma- okay. I'm, ma- I'm making a plan to not spend six days alone. Gotcha, in Las Vegas. gotcha, gotcha. I well, go broke in the first day.
2: Unfortunately, I was sent out there by a company that I used to work for. It was. Fantastic. For the first day, a uh, friend of the show and your cousin, my dear friend John Bring, joined me. Never heard of him. For the first day, we had a blast. And then after that, there was not enough to do for my jobs, uh, for my, for the convention I was attending. And I don't gamble. And you so, win? No. I, I, don't I don't gamble, I win. I don't do anything in Las Vegas in terms of uh, putting money on the line. And so... Yeah, it was really bad. But I was gonna say Caesar's Palace, by far the worst smelling of all. Oh wow. I like you, I walked You in never my, went to the Excalibur, Darren. Uh maybe not. Yeah. My eyes started burning. Not not after spending an hour, not after spending six hours in Caesar's Palace. Right. I opened the door. And it's like someone sprayed Whip. bleach in right, my eyeballs.
3: Right. But he said <laughs> He says Caesar's Palace <laughs> makes me think of uh, the Super Nintendo game Caesar's Palace. I think it's when I first learned how to play like roulette. And oh some of that. my! And God. I still have no idea how to play craps. By the way, I, I have no idea. I have I've, no idea. I've, I've watched videos on how to play, and I- I've like even read like little articles about it, but I, I have no clue. Apparently you roll dice. You apparently roll dice, and apparently it's
2: easy to to roll seven. If you if you watch according to <laughs> if movies. watch
3: a movie, you can very easily accidentally roll a seven. In
2: movies, they're constantly rolling seven, and right. it's like I don't I don't get it. Anyway, the smoke to which I was actually referring uh, was the the smoke from the the wildfire that was the success of the whole Ruffin show live. Tommy Rich. <laughs> Ooh, yes, wildfire, Tommy Rich. Oh, man, he, he, yes. Uh, Episode 105. Dear listeners, if you haven't listened to it, stop this, listen to it, so that you have a little bit more uh, wherewithal to to
3: understand what's happening in this episode. That's right. You know, uh, I will say occasionally we do miss a week. You know, things happen, life happens. Uh, in fact, you know, life happening, fest happening is why we're not covering evolution on this episode. Uh, uh yeah. i ahead and say that right now. Uh, but this time you get a double shot of whole rough and show folks. We put our live show out for you. Episode 105 is what Darren is speaking of, which is awesome. By the way, we got a lot of awesome people to participate in our panel at the fest, uh, 17, which was a lot of fun. Uh, folks like Saib Al-Sabah. Coach Mikey of the Ugly Ducklings was there. The Coda was there. Eric Cannon. Eric Cannon stops by with uh, Tony Weinbender, the Grand Poobah of all uh, things Fest. And, of course, uh, Max Gregg and Rich Bokini both came back as well. They were there last year. So, it was awesome. It was an eight-man panel. Hey, Perry, you know what you could give me
2: for Christmas? Hmm. Your two front teeth? Uh, (laughs) No. I still have those at the moment. Okay. as long as I don't eat any chicken wings. I almost said that. <laughs> I almost said that and did not say it. Okay. Uh, I want a Grand Poobah. Okay. I wonder if somebody's got to be able to make that. No. Leva Bates has got to be able to no. make
3: that. She can make anything. Uh, so you definitely check that out. It's about an hour long. Um, and you'll you'll laugh, you'll learn, you'll quack, I believe is what oh. I put on the, on the Twitter. Yeah. Um, so check that out. But this is 106, and what do we got in store for our hashtag to your listeners for episode 106?
2: Well, we will not be doing our coverage of uh, WWE Evolution. <laughs> we will not that's, be evolving on this <laughs> show. That's going to happen next show. We're going to have a double shot uh, review of Evolution as well as Crown Jewel. Because Crown Jewel will probably have aired...
3: By the time you're listening to this, dear listeners... And those of you wondering about the interesting story of will Crown Jewel air or not air, or not happen or not happen, rather, uh, it is. It is totally all systems go, and I guess we're going to watch it and cover it, because that's what we do here.
2: Yep, yeah, but that will be coming next week. This week, we're going to briefly talk about Ty Dillinger. We're going to talk about Evolve Wrestling, And then, we're really going to get into what this episode is all about. We've got to cover Fest Wrestling's We Are Family 2, the weekend that was. uh,
3: From Gainesville, the biggest show of the year that Fest Wrestling puts on. That's right, we're going to be reviewing Fest Wrestling's latest show. It was a monstrous show, We Are Family 2. A lot of personnel, a lot of fun.
2: A, lot and of a cigarette little, smoke.
3: Uh, a lot of heartbreak. A lot of uh, heartbreak. I'm heartbroken. No. I'm
2: utterly, devastatingly heartbroken.
3: Yeah, it was an uh, interesting turn of events. Interesting turn of events. We, we actually got a couple of title changes, not just one. Man, it's so strange. It's, one
2: happy and one sad. It doesn't matter. And, I, and the sad, the sadness is is hanging around me, man. It's like a dark cloud. Very gloomy week this week. Uh but the man that uh, is in question here, the, the, the man that the gloom, the man that, that's centered all around, is going to be a guest. We are going to have Effie, the golden boy of Grabass, the feminist icon, on today's episode.
3: Former. Oh, it hurts. It hurts to say former. Fest Wrestling Champion Effie will be on the show. Yeah, that sucks. Stick around for that for sure, folks. Uh, Before we get into all things Fest Wrestling, of course, we should probably go ahead and tackle them.
2: Headlines.
3: Bad news for the Perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. He's going to find it a little bit difficult to make that 10 hand gesture. Uh he actually injured his hand at a house show in Macon recently. Details are a little sketchy right now. However, it is known that he will actually he will require surgery to repair his hand, unfortunately. I don't know what any
2: of the specifics are, but any surgery, I doubt, uh, is going to lend itself to a very quick return. Of a hand surgery. Yeah, there's a lot of little tender. There's a lot of young tender up there in, if, in, in cu- the meta- <laughs> metacarpals.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I, I uh, Of course, Ty Dillinger injures his fucking hands. You know what I mean? The guy oh, yeah. with the... The guy who does
2: the, the ten-hand signal. It's like if I injured my mustache.
3: Oh, my ah! God. <laughs> <laughs> you I just want to see you, like, wake up one morning, and your mustache just, like, crooked in the other direction. I sprained my mustache! It would look like a half swastika. If, no. <laughs> if your mustache was going the other way.
2: No, there's too much... It's already too much mustache nastiness tied up in, in swastikas. But, uh... Poor Charlie Chaplin. Literally only two people in the whole history of the earth right, have ever... Why, why would you? Why would you?
3: It's a joke, and it's like, God, it's a joke. Is that is that Eddie Izzard that makes fun of that? Like he was he was so evil he ruined a, a mustache <laughs> look like for everyone. <laughs> that might not be Eddie Izzard, but I, I he has got plenty of great history jokes. But
2: um, uh, the best. If you've never seen Eddie Izzard's glorious, <laughs> oh man, check that out for sure. It's very good. But Ty Dillinger, I hate to hear this. We've been a big fan of Ty Dillinger. We've been extremely disappointed ever since he came to the main roster. We were big fans it's just, of his.
3: One of those rare cases where NXT stars just aren't pushed very well on the, <laughs> the main roster. Uh, actually, but recently, dripping
2: with sarcasm, they,
3: they've been doing things with uh, Ty Dillinger recently, feuding with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, um, and it's it's a good match. I mean, uh, Ty Dillinger, I, I feel like Ty Dillinger kind of is like a he can have a decent match with anybody, um, and and because you see him just wrestle so seldomly, it's always kind of new and like, hey, this is fun. Um, but I mean, as far as like pushing him, I, I, I think he looks kind of wacky for them. You know, his hair is so, uh, Ty Dillinger, uh, um, and, and the gimmick is, is kind of, I mean, his, his, let's face it. His gimmick is a very NXT gimmick. So it is, that works very it well is. in NXT, but maybe won't translate quite as well on the main roster and he won't be taken as seriously. So I understand that, but at the same time, I mean, he's, he's a decent wrestler
2: in other NXT related news. We have Fabian Eitner and the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, going over to Evolve and basically kicking the
3: door open and saying, "All your belts are belong to us." Yeah, WWE uh, recently, more or less, acquired Evolve. And uh, Darren, you actually had a uh, you you actually had a premonition about what what would happen there, and it looks like you were right. Well, I've been saying for quite some time
2: that NXT was, especially once we heard news that it might be an FS1 uh, television program, it'd be moving off of the network, or at least it would be splitting time between the network and uh, network television. Ever since we found that out, it seemed like NXT as developmental was not long for this world. Or at least it very much should not be. And I know that that's a conversation we've had with Rich Bokini. Uh, on the air and off the air, <laughs> and off the air, <laughs> <laughs> and and Rich is of the opinion and has been for a very long time. Like he's not wrong, by the way. No, he's not. Uh, he he's been of the opinion for the for the longest time that NXT should have stopped being developmental the minute uh, that they hit Brooklyn for the, for that takeover uh, in 2015. And uh, that was Takeover Brooklyn one, of course when NXT sort of arrived as a brand, they left Full Sail, they, they left... left
3: the cavern, and and they came across the the pond, and they showed up on a flight, you know, from England to America. I'm talking about the Beatles, folks. This right, right, the right, Beatles right. And okay.
2: Takeover Brooklyn might as well have been the Ed Sullivan show. There you go. And, and ever since then, there's really been no looking back. However, NXT has been two very different creatures. There's always been the the stadium sellout NXT, and then there's the then there's the sellout NXT. <laughs> so so the thing is, you can go pay, you know, name your price for a ticket and sit in an arena in San Antonio or in New York or Chicago or whatever, or you can still pay your ten dollars uh, all throughout Florida mm. and sit in mm. you know essentially a boys' club or an armory or a community center and see the same talent. So I think, uh, and I've been saying for the longest time, that the split was coming. Ever since we heard about the deal with Fox, I said NXT is going to become a third full-blown brand. Uh, But what does that mean? The Performance Center needs a brand. They don't just need to be the Performance Center. They need to have... A developmental brand and I just I for way too long I believed it would become Evolve. And it kind of seems like it has. Fabian Eichner defeats Shane Strickland for the Evolve championship.
3: That's all kinds of bullshit. The Street
2: Profits defeat uh, Doom Patrol for the Evolve tag Championship. Also bullshit.
3: I don't like the NXT people just coming over there and, and running roughshod over over know? the Evolve folks. No! Shane Strickland? Are you
2: kidding me? Hey, Shane Strickland makes it a, makes it a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. But just in theory, I do like it. In theory, I like it because it's that whole Mike Awesome, WCW wrestler Mike Awesome versus WWF wrestler Taz for the ECW championship at an ECW show. That's what it feels like to me. And anytime you blur that kind of line, I'm on board. But I see your point,
3: right? But no, it's it's it is isn't a little too obvious? The 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 more quote unquote more famous guys come in and they win all the belts the, that
2: the, they did it all at one time. Yes, yeah,
3: <laughs> sure. It, you could at least you know you know stretch that out a little bit. You know a bit of a program, but it sounds like okay. That's our first show. And, uh, you're losing and you're losing, and, uh, alright, have fun, guys, be safe! You know I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, and I like the Street Profits, and, and, and I've talked to you. I, I feel like the Street Profits are, are, a good way to, to keep New Day going, but by making the New Day different. Oh, yeah, you by, have.
2: Have you said that on the air? I've
3: never said that on the air, no, 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 but I, I've always thought like, cause I want Biggie and Kofi to do other things for a while, and New Day is kinda stale, should it should break up. But you can still sell t-shirts if you bring Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins onto the main roster. They replace Big E and Kofi Kingston, and say, with uh, Xavier Woods. That way you have that. You still have the tie that binds. You still have someone who's, like, very New Day E. Big E. Um, Also, you have a big guy and a little guy. It's the same dynamic. It is the same exact pit fighter (laughs) <laughs> Ty, Kato, and Buzz dynamic. A strong guy, a fast guy, and a guy who's right in between. But not X-Factor's strong guy, not Guido. No, not Guido, not strong guy from X-Factor. Um, Man, this is more references than a fucking old-school family guy episode. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so that, that's my idea there. But, um, in the meantime, Street Province. But, I mean, is, is that... I don't understand. Then why are they sending the Street Profits? Poor Angelo Dawkins. He seems to only ever move backwards in his career. He
2: kind of does. I've been, I have now been watching Angelo Dawkins.
3: In <laughs> Since the, you were to dress up.
2: Yeah, in those boys clubs and those armory shows for years. Right. Um, I mean, I remember when Angelo Dawkins was in the... Uh, what was it called? Shoot Nation? With... Jason Jordan and Chad Gable and Sawyer Fulton and oh man and all that I mean think about the journey that all those fellas have been on. There's Angelo, yeah, There's
3: Angela. Docton. Still the
2: performance center. I mean, well,
3: that's the thing too. Is is you're obviously you want to boost evolve by sending like NXT talent to it, but you think these are the guys that you're going to do that with? Exactly. What are you accomplishing here? Like, shouldn't you just be elevating everyone who's already at Evolve, not sending your lowest-rung people? No offense to all these guys, by the way, but it's true. No, but... Sending all your lowest-rung talent over to Evolve to crush your champions? Right. Does that make any kind of sense? Well, Especially Shane Strickland. It makes who, WWE. Could be,
2: who could be on NXT yesterday? I agree. I agree. But that's WWE. No, it doesn't make
3: sense. That's WWE sense. Oh,
2: you know You know it why is. Why are they?
3: Why are they above everyone? Why are they in charge of all things wrestling? It's
2: like when WC the WCW invasion of the WWF. When oh, absolutely. Instead of okay, every, okay, here we go. It is the Rock. And Stone Cold and The Undertaker. And they're going to take on Sting and Flair and Goldberg or <laughs> Mark Gendrack yeah. and Chris Canyon. Yeah. Do what now? <laughs> um, and then, you know, the Dudley boys walking around with the WCW titles. And oh god, that it's it's WWE sense they're gonna which, do which, it.
3: Dudley's uh, screams ECW more so at that point. But and yeah, whatever. but WWE's gonna do that
2: one hundred times out of a hundred. Right. I don't like it because, like you said, it almost like okay, you you're getting bottom rung guys from NXT, but then by putting them in evolve, you're immediately making them top rung in evolve, especially by putting the belts on them. Right. And then. The, the, the whole problem with that is now those guys are kind of trapped there. I It's it's problematic on both ends. Right. Because in some ways it seems like a demotion to the NXT guys. I literally just said that about Angela Dawkins. Yeah. It's totally oh, a It sucks. Um, I, I don't know. I I kind of like the idea of seeing the Evolve logo pop up on my WWE network in one of the little squares where I can go, ooh, look. Right. Uh, but other than that, this maybe is an inauspicious beginning. Is this WWE volve <laughs> Ooh, it might be. I was the first one to say that. I was the
3: first one to say that.
2: Actually, you tell know tell your what? friends. With all this evolution business, you think they might change the name? Evolve sounds to me like it's now devolve. Oh God, they'll find they'll find some way to make it even worse. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So maybe there's a grand plan for all this, but so far I don't like this start at all. This is a, 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 it's a bad relationship. It's like, you know, your friend saying like, hey, I met a new girl and you meet the new girl and she's treating him like garbage and you can't say anything you're going to go like, good, I'm happy for your new relationship. She seems nice. She's good. I want to spend time with her. (laughs) <laughs> and I've done that before. But anyway, it's like, it's like every
1: other episode of Friends, <laughs> basically. Yes, yes.
3: And then Joey says something silly.
2: How many? How many of the friends did did Janice sleep with? I don't. I don't remember all know six of them that well. <laughs> I don't.
3: I, I couldn't say. But anyway, uh I think one had a monkey. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so we'll see what this, the future has for evolve. If it's a step in the right direction, I mean, money wise and, and I guess fame wise, we're talking here. We are talking about evolve, even our our humble podcast. Um, so maybe it is uh, all for the better. We shall see. Uh, but speaking of independent wrestling, Darren and I got a chance to witness some wonderful independent wrestling. Our favorite independent wrestling there the is the best, the best, the fest. Wrestling, as this past weekend was the Fest 17, and uh, that means Fest Wrestling put on one hell of a super show, folks. Uh, We are family, too. Darren and I were in attendance, and we're going to tell you all about it.
2: It was Sunday, the 28th of October, 2018. Gainesville, Florida, Hogtown, home to the Fest 17, and Fest Wrestling's We Are Family, too. The last day of five hard, rocking days of punk rock, comedy, podcasting, and all culminating with one hell of an independent pro wrestling show. And this show was no joke, dude. I think doors uh, VIP doors opened at 1. When, when was bell time? 2? 2.30? Sure. I know it was well after 8 p.m. before we ever... Uh, Step foot outside of that building Four solid one hour blocks Of the hottest indie wrestling going today With punk rock music played inside the venue The wonderful 8 Seconds The home of Fest Wrestling And these bands absolutely shredded In between each of these hour blocks Of killer wrestling Four bands including uh, our favorite punk band The Randy Savages Hell yeah Hell yeah man Uh, Also, the Murmurs, I know the Murmurs we've seen perform as Los Murmurs Mm -hmm. underneath their luchador masks, the the sheer amount of performance art in this building, I mean, how in the world could the, the builders, the purveyors of a line dancing bar have ever in their wildest dreams thought, you know what? We're going to have so many goddamn performance artists in here. (laughs) Between the athletes of of the wrestling world uh, and the punk rock musicians performing that day and the absolute amazing Fest family, the crowd, what a great arena! What a great feel! It's electric.
3: It is electric. The uh, enthusiasm is contagious. You can't help but to have a lot of fun at a Fest wrestling show. Let alone when the Fest is in progress and there are all kinds of folk coming in and out to well, see ex- what the hell's
2: going on. For sure. Not only do you have the diehards, you have the Fest family that would never miss a Fest wrestling show. Basically, double that crowd yeah. because you've got people that are in town for the whole weekend. People that have been festing their asses off. People whose forearms are lined with uh, <laughs> with uh, bracelets that uh, allow them different access to different things. And uh, seeing all those people enjoying the atmosphere, the freedom, a little bit of cooler weather. Yeah, uh, the the wonderful vacation that that the whole experience seems like when you put it all together it's it's really an amazing feeling the whole weekend but the the wrestling show itself that's what we're here to talk about here on the whole ref and show the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle We need to
3: talk about the matches. Let's get to the matches. Well, the very first match, they're not pulling any punches here because it begins with the PBR Wildman Cup, Darren. Well, you know they don't pull any punches in wrestling either. This is true. This is very true. And there are 23 competitors who were supposed to be in it. One person is a no-show. Was it Vegan Superman? No, no. This time it's (laughs) someone else. Um... Was it Chris Gethard? (laughs) Poor Chris Gethard. Uh, no, but this, this this match does feature botched guest announcing.
2: Oh my god! Uh, no, no, no! It
3: happens. It happens, especially when someone doesn't show up.
2: Masked intruder, right? Masked
3: Intruder. They tried their best. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put the blame on them. But uh, PBR Wild Cup, like I said, 23 people uh, involved, and someone new coming out the ring every 30 seconds. Every 30
2: seconds. Some of the entrances last 30 seconds.
3: Yeah. So it's like,
2: okay, here's an entrance. And here's an entry. It, it is
3: basically show up, do a spot, and then everyone's going to start counting for the next person to show up. So, uh, but the number one person to come in, the first person was Eric Cannon. Ooh. Eric Cannon, who was actually on our panel the day before. Oh, so we cheered a little extra hard for Eric Cannon. Well, he said, "I'm going to win." He well, will. he? I mean, we know at this point, but do you know your listeners? Uh, following him was Drennan. Drennan sporting that new look. Uh, the Aztec. He's the absolute worst, by the way. He is the absolute worst. Uh, the Aztec warrior Alex Cruz, Savannah Evans. You might know, you might remember that name from the uh, May Young classic. She was involved the first one. Uh, number five, Joe Black. Joe Black was the no-show. So, Darren, we did not get a chance I- to meet Joe Black. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I was
2: so hoping that I could meet Joe Black. Uh,
3: number six, Sleaze. I kept I kept wanting somebody to, to yell, He's dead! But they, <laughs> they didn't. This generation doesn't know Meet Joe Black, Darren. Um, number six was Sleaze. Wait a minute. Meet Joe Black has become a generational affair? I think so, yeah. Oh,
2: dear. Oh, you know who they don't? They might know. They might know Joe Black. I bet they don't know Claire
3: Forlani. Oh no, I do, and I always will. Claire, <laughs> if you're out there, I will love you forever. Number seven, the filmmaker movie Mike, uh, the the fun little slow mo spot everyone did in the ring. I, I liked him. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, number eight, oh, the wait, Iron. Wait, wait a
2: minute, was movie Mike's? Who is his manservant with I the have long
3: beard? No idea. There's too many people for me to. I could. I missed half the action because <laughs> I was trying to put in my phone who was in this goddamn thing. Uh, number 8, the Iron Demon Shane Mercer, who reminded me very much of the Warlord from WWF of old. He had, he had quite the physique on that guy. And, yeah, but also moves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moves like Jagger. What was that, a um, a... a, a... Moonsault Fall Away Slam? Yeah! Sort of? A, a, a variation? That was mm. insane. It popped the boys in addition to the best yeah, family. Y- you know you're doing well if the people in the crow's nest upstairs of 8 Seconds. All the wrestlers who are, I'm sure, very extra judgy of, the, of their fellow uh, compatriots are, are pretty uh, floored by a move. So, uh, Well done, Shane Mercer. Uh, number 9 was Will Hensley. Uh, you might know him from uh, High Profile. Indeed, the Waffle House chants from the folks in the in the audience. Uh, number ten, nation sensation, uh, who was at last year's PBR Wild Man Cup, throwing uh, out throwing out lots of beads. Throwing out lots of beads. It's a it's a, it's a Mardi Gras when he's around. Uh, Eleven chuckles the clown. Uh, Twelve, Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi Blackheart. that's her uh, return to fest wrestling. Uh, Thirteen was Treehouse Lee. We got the uh, the pleasure of uh, hanging around Treehouse Lee a little bit over the weekend. Very cool guy. Very good wrestler. Uh, Fourteen, our favorite wrestler when it comes to PBR Wildman Cup, and that is uh, the Abominable CPA. Yes! Uh, he made his return into the Wildman Cup. And did he? And boy, did he? He did. He um, had the, quite a shine. The fans were uh, all about the the Abominable CPA. Uh, 15, the Chief of Beef himself, Hunt Cassidy, making his return to the BBR Wildman. Number 16. What,
2: what, what is God's plan
3: for <laughs> Hunt is Cassidy? Plan. Is it
2: just to appear at Fest Wrestling once a year? I, I think so. Like, That's, of course, hashtag. worse things, Darren. Hashtag if wrestling were real. And, of course, it's still real to me, damn it. The way I look at things like this, I, I want to know where has he been the last three hundred and sixty-four days, you just just waiting around, <laughs> just waiting around. I am I
3: am determined to win that PBR Wildman Cup. It, it, one of these days might actually be his time. He might even win this one. We don't know yet, folks. Just what do you think this PBR Wildman Cup can get any more zany? Uh, number sixteen is Hot Dog Starks comes out, <laughs> who is a man in a hot dog costume, and he comes out to that
2: to uh. Mickey Mouse and friends singing. Hot dog, hot dog,
3: hot diggity dog. Uh, number 17 is Bobby Orlando, uh, who who comes out with a, uh, a, a stuffed unicorn, I think it was. Or a goat or something. <laughs> this became like a prop battle royal or royal rumble. It became very interesting because Hot Dog Stark also has a, a, like a stuffed uh, hot dog. You know,
2: I want to give every one of these people as much credit as possible, but I, I couldn't figure out what was happening with Bobby Orlando. I... I, I there's a gimmick happening there that I'm just not quite privy to right. in the 32nd entrance. Yeah, it's
3: but, it's no one's fault. You have no time to make but it. But there's a,
2: he, there's a stuffed animal. His shirt said something about daddy or like I love my daddy right. or and I don't know, he had a matching he had like matching top and bottoms, but they were shorts.
3: I'd like to I need to know more about Mr. Orlando. You need to. You need to know more. Uh, Number 18, Amy Rose, making her first wrestling debut as a wrestler. She's been a ring girl, uh, doing an excellent job as a ring girl. Also does a lot of uh, backstage segments as well. You can check her out on uh, uh, Fest Wrestling's Instagram and, and Twitter. As well as Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, indeed. Amy Rose sort of uh, show up everywhere, the lovely Amy Rose. Uh, number 19, Nikki Savage of the Randy Savages. <laughs> He's the only one that it gets involved in matches. I love it. I it love it. does come off the top rope with that elbow drop. It's beautiful, well executed. Um, number 20 is El Festico. Who's I, a luchador, and and I know very little about him. And is the embodiment of Fest? He, he I is. guess
2: I, I I need much like
3: uh, was Bobby Orlando. I need to know about El Festico. Got to know more about El Festico. Uh, number twenty one was the big man Barrington Hughes. Wow, he is not someone you want to have to throw over a top rope. Uh, that is a big, big dude. And uh, he knows how to throw his weight around for sure. And he was uh, he was definitely the the one to beat uh, when it came to his making his entrance. There's
2: always one in a battle royal like this. There's, oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. the the how in the hell are we getting this
3: fella over the top rope? Exactly. Uh, number 22, Darren. I make the what? joke about... Number
2: 22, Darren? Number was 22, it me? Darren?
3: Darren? No, it was not you. I always made the joke about uh, if you had a dream match, it would be, quote, Raven in his prime... This is as close as you get because it's Leva Bates, but it's not Leva Bates. It's Leva Bates as Raven. In his prime. In his prime. That's <laughs> right. That's the closest thing. All I, right. I called in Leva and said, Leva, you got to do this for Darren. And uh, that's not true at all. But no,
2: what's really funny is we did talk to Leva Bates afterward, and she actually asked permission right. from Raven himself. She recently made an appearance at a show. Raven was also uh, working and she asked his permission to appear as him. He said it would be his honor. And I will say, uh, it was his honor and it was our honor to see her. And she is the queen of cosplay and that they don't call her that for no reason. She was such a convincing Raven in his prime. And by in his prime, of course we mean 95, 96 (laughs) ECW Raven. She looked it, uh, you know, kept seeing her, uh, before the show in bits and pieces of the gear and then to see the whole thing come together with offsprings got to keep them separated i I'm, I'm marked out real hard I
3: real know. hard you were super super uh happy about that and uh she did a great job and, and mannerisms were on point the drop toe holds were there the even flow ddt's were going on uh leva bates cleared house for a while there um, in fact, what seemed to be the final four, it did come down to Eric Cannon, Shotzi Blackheart, Barrington Hughes, and Raven Bates, um, until uh, everyone actually gets Barrington Hughes out. Uh, it becomes a, a dogpile on Barrington to get the big man over the top rope, which does eventually happen. But a 23rd person enters, uh, Officer Bradford enters out of nowhere and throws out fan-favorite Eric Cannon, who swore to me that he was going to win the damn thing and did not. Uh, He lied to us, Darren. He lied to our hashtag dear listeners, but I'm going (laughs) to let it slide. Um, uh, Leva Bates throws out... uh, Raven Bates, I should say, throws out uh, Officer Bradford. Uh, It becomes Shotzi Blackheart versus Raven Bates. And in a punching fest... On the outside uh, outside apron, eventually Shotzi Blackheart gets the better of Raven Bates. And Shotzi Blackheart is your winner of the PBR Wild Cup. Now, we don't know if if it's the same as last year where that guarantees or any kind of contendership for anything. There's no mention that I'm aware of. That no, this, aware
2: is of. The, this is the third annual PBR Wild Man Cup. The first ever winner was, of course, Effie, right. who did not gain... Uh, An automatic uh, Fest Championship shot by virtue of his winning that. But last year, the second annual winner, Beastly, did earn a title shot. So we don't know about Shotzi Blackheart. We haven't heard for sure yet. But we do know that she immediately used the trophy in the most phallic way possible. Of course. And, uh, hey, she's ballsy. And you know who's calling
3: her that, don't you? She is. She is. She is, of course. Uh, So congratulations to Shotzi Blackheart making it. That's one way to make an impact. I mean, it worked out pretty well for Effie. You know, eventually uh, becoming champion and all that. Another uh, way to make an impact is to appear on Impact Wrestling, Wrestling, which Shotzi has also done. Oh, okay. I'm going to say Sue's done that also. Um, (laughs) Actually, a lot of people on this card have done that. Um, So after that, we have a fatal four-way tag match. The Gymnasty Boys, a team of Timmy Lou Retton and White Mike. Man,
2: Uh, you were not kidding that this show... Was like getting launched out of a cannon. Oh
3: man, I didn't say that specifically, but heavy.
2: Yes. From the very beginning.
3: So, Gymnasty Boys, uh, also grit involved in this match Montana Black and TJ Boss with their manager Tommy Thomas. Uh, Tech. Tech is there minus Midas one. Jim Sherbert, shit talking Jim Sherbert. Hashtag we have Trevor Reed and Mike Monroe, of course. Hashtag where's Jim Sherbert? And of course, the fourth team rounding out the uh, the four teams, the Monster Squad. Little is known about the Monster Squad. We couldn't find their real names. Uh, so, <laughs> guys, Monster Squad, if you're listening,
2: please shoot us a message. We want to know your names because we're big fans. The 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 look. The action, uh, first of all, you guys uh, have, have pretty, pretty killer physiques. Uh, you're, you're taller than most. Uh, you got a nice look. You got an amazing in ring ability. Uh, you work as a tag team so very well. And uh, I'm into it, but uh, I need to know how to follow you better. Uh-oh. I need your, your social medias.
3: It's true. All your social medias belong to us. Uh, and, of course, Grit, you got the two big men. A lot of power moves out of them uh, whenever they were in control of the match, uh, which was for about a good, good amount of time. Uh, it was just power move after power move, just wiping out anyone who dare oppose them. Um, really, really funny spots. Uh, White Mike is, is hilarious to watch. Um, it's funny because you would assume Timmy Lou Retton would not take shit seriously, but he seems very serious. When compared to White Mike, <laughs> yeah. uh, who was screaming for Timmy uh, the entire match, especially when he's up on the second floor, hanging off the ledge about to fall, and you think, "Here we go! Here's the here is a spot where someone falls off the second floor." But uh, White Mike, of course, uh, psychs us all out. Literally, like says, "Psych" and does not fall off the top floor.
2: Way too good.
3: Way too good. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, crowd brawls. I mean, this entire show involved a lot of crowd brawls and it was so packed with people that I actually missed a lot of action because I just could not see. And I'm 6'4", folks. I'm taller than probably 98% of that locker room, and I I could not see what the fuck was going on. So we're trying to cover the action the best we can. Uh, However, in the end, though, as much fun as this match was to watch, in the end, the Monster Squad gets the surprise victory here, hitting some sort of really cool-looking double-team maneuver, which I forget exactly what it was. Maybe all the smoke in my face. But uh, the Monster Squad does get the win, especially over like fan favorites like Gymnasty Boys and Tech, and, and of course these the two big men and Grit.
2: Well, the Gymnasty Boys, the inaugural Fest Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Tech, who was just recently voted the Fest Wrestling Tag Team of the Year, uh, who voted they won the, that. <laughs> I'm asking myself that as well. Uh, but they won the Festy for that, and Grit, who have been almost unstoppable. Since their surprise appearance a few months back. And uh, and yet Monster Squad taking everybody to the limit and beyond. These unknowns. And that's why I'm saying these guys need to find their way back to a fest wrestling ring with a quickness. We'll, we'll see.
3: And uh, I, I want to know more about them, that's for sure. We'll see what happens. After that, we have our very first intermission of the night. And then right back into the action, folks. It's a fans-bring-the-party weapons match. Aria Blake has got unfinished business with Mr. C.J. O'Doyle. Teddy Sigma, by the way, in front of the show, doing commentary. Guest commentary uh, on this one. It was nice to see Teddy. Um, and right away, Aria throws powder in the eyes of C.J. O'Doyle. And that was very clever because a lot of people worried about Aria going into this match. She's really small Especially compared to C.J. O'Doyle That so was a very Powder le- of the eyes is the ultimate equalizer
2: oh, For sure, that was a very legitimate fear So Arya needed to do something right quick And in a hurry, and she did
3: She absolutely did She
2: pulled that powder out of, I guess, out of her top uh, It was on her person And the next thing I know It is in the eyes of C.J. O'Doyle And there remains those dark Like, almost, you know His tears and his sweat Start turning that <laughs> <laughs> Start turning that powder into cement.
3: Right, right. And your
2: eyes can barely even open. And they were that way for the duration of this
3: match. Obviously, Aria watched a lot of old WWF and the Mr. Fuji influence. That's right. Two shows in a row that I referenced Mr. Fuji throwing salt in someone's eyes. Uh, but was no, super smart of Aria. And then after that, all kinds of offense, all kinds of weapons, random shit. Uh, involved in the match. <laughs> Arya really
2: beat the hell out of CJ with a baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she put him through the ringer with a toilet seat. That happened. Uh, which we got a pretty good uh, photo of that that we put on our social media of her choking him with that toilet seat. Right. And she, she really got a hold of a lot of, of implements of destruction that she took it to O'Doyle. But that doesn't mean he was only... Uh, a whipping boy here, and I don't mean Jason Cade, uh, or a punching bag. He got in his offense.
3: Absolutely, Aria. Aria came in pretty, uh, pretty hot out the gate in the beginning, especially with the disadvantage of not being able to see Aria Blake for a good portion of the match. But once CJ got his, uh, got his bearings, he uh, he definitely brought it to Aria Blake and was doing some pretty devastating offense of his own in the ring. Uh, and it looked like curtains for one Aria Blake, especially when he put. This dildo. There's always a dildo involved in a Fans Bring the Parties match. Um, He's stuck it to a folding chair in the middle of the ring and then wrapped it with barbed wire and then set up Arya Blake for, I believe, uh, Razor's Edge <laughs> onto the barbed wire wrapped dildo. On a chair. On a chair. Aria Blake, though, of course, wiggles out of it and is able to actually drop uh, C.J. O'Doyle onto it. Of course, he dropped Ass First onto it. And uh, I don't know what possibly hurt worse, uh, the dildo or the barbed wire. Going to go with the barbed wire? Pro- probably barbed wire. Yeah, yeah probably <laughs> the barbed wire. Um, and uh, that gave Aria the chance to rally, cover C.J. O'Doyle in a trash can, and then knock the hell out of the trash can with a crutch, and gets the pin and the win. Your winner, Aria Blake, coming in as an underdog, but leaving as the big dog. No, that's for sure. This is this has been a long time coming C.J.
2: O'Doyle has racked up a lot of really offensive, self-aggrandizing nicknames, including the Arya Blake Assassin. So this was her opportunity to turn the tables, get her comeuppance against C.J. O'Doyle, and uh, make sure that he looks the fool. And he really does look the fool uh, throughout this entire match. Powder in his face, uh, landing on Dildo's uh, toilet seat. Around his neck. I mean, if you, if you, if you stack <laughs> you up. Literally trashed. Literally trashed. Literally trashed. If yeah. you stack up all, all of the embarrassments for CJ in this match, I, I think he got his. He may he may think twice about uh, trying to abuse uh, someone in that
3: ring again or abuse their name when they're out with an injury. Absolutely. But the question is, is this the end of CJ O'Doyle versus Aria Blake? Tune in next time. Uh, next best wrestling show, that is, to find out for sure. After that, we have a six-man tag match. The Clover Clan taking on Bruh. Uh, the Clover Clan, little is known about them as far as we are concerned. Uh, Saw, Axe, and Mama Clover uh, taking on Bruh. Now, we, of course, we know about Trisha Dora. Trisha Dora's been in a couple fest shows in the past. We know all about her. We've been it's... a
2: big fan of Trisha Dora. Absolutely. Even,
3: even, in her, her, even her limited appearances...
2: We, we kind of liked her from the very beginning.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's definitely bringing something different to the table, which is always appreciated. But she's bringing, speak, speaking of bringing things to the table, she's bringing in two individuals to this table, Johnny X and Ray Rumble. And the three of
2: them together, <laughs> when the uh, Lion King oh. <laughs> entrance music started, I um, I did uh, I couldn't find you. I actually <laughs> lost sight of you. We we had gotten very far apart. During, we drifted apart during the Aria Blake C.J. Doyle.
3: Never in life.
2: Darren. No, no, you're me. always very dear to my heart. Aww. But I was trying to find you with my eyeballs. Oh, Okay. And uh, in your eyeballs, I, I couldn't. In I was your looking. I was like eyeballs. Right. I was like, yes. I was looking, and finally, oh yeah. By the time I finally saw you, you weren't even looking in my direction, and I was like, I was trying to like stare at you, trying to. <laughs> make you feel my look right and finally you did uh that weird sixth sense that humans have where you're like uh darren's looking at me so you turn and uh oh my god I cannot believe they came out <laughs> to that entrance music.
3: Well, it was like a it was like a remix. Like it's the intro to a song, and then it gets yeah, yeah it gets all rappy. But right, but no, it's still it's still hilarious. Yes, indeed. They they look amazing as a team. Trisha Dora looks better every time I see her. Like she's she's like uh, fleshing out the gimmick more. She and more is and really more. feeling herself. Like and like I mentioned at the panel is like you know wrestlers. You need to remember not to stop at five. With a gimmick with a character, you need to go up to 12. If you're going to do it, you're going to have to overdo it. You got it. That's right. And the Clover Clan. Now, speaking of gimmicks, I'm they gonna, do
2: not stop at 5. They do not stop at 5. I'm going to be perfectly honest. and This is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. Uh, we don't trash people ever because there's no reason to do We're it. We're not Arya Blake trashing <laughs> CJ O'Dooghue. <would> <laughs> Uh, we don't trash people. We also don't hesitate. We don't stop short of saying something that may be seen as trashing if it calls for it. We're simply calling it like we see it. At a glance. Uh-oh. When I had no idea who the Clover Clan was, had no idea who the Monster Squad was, had no idea who Bra, had no idea all these people being advertised for the Wild Man Cup, did I think all of these people were going to be bad? No, of course I didn't. But there's that unknown when you look at a card that's so stacked like this and it's so full of so many of your favorite wrestlers and then you see all these other people, you don't even have time to pass judgment. You almost become unfairly dismissive. The beautiful part about Fest Wrestling, though, is the way these cards are organized and put on. You have the opportunity to reevaluate. And somebody you might have dismissed on some other indie wrestling card, you have the opportunity to see them showcased in such a fashion that nine times out of ten, they are really going to win you over. And that's what happened with this match between Bruh and the Clover Clan. I, other than Trisha Dora, knew nothing about this matchup. And I laughed with this being one of my favorite matches of the night. Wow. I dug Bra and the Clover Clan so much. Um, I believe it's Axe, the, the Clover member who does not have the mask, really is sort of a ring general, not only
3: for his team. Did really, yeah, that really came through in the match. But yeah, you could yeah, see
2: yeah. it as far as just his work rate, his uh, ring awareness, and uh, all of his movements. This guy uh, is a good wrestler. Um, in addition to that, the gimmick that the Clovers are working is really excellent. I like uh, Saw's mask. I like Mama's mask. I like the the fact that Mama, the matriarch, is clearly a man, <laughs> but
3: like a wedding dress uh,
2: in a wedding dress with a badass pair of cowboy boots and a mask that I swear moves. Uh, like Rorschach's mask moves around. <laughs> I can swear that Mama Clover's mask is moving around. There's su- there's like a really intense spookiness uh, to her face. But this match, uh, this some big people in this match. And it does not limit their high-flying ability.
3: Oh, no, especially Bruh. Bruh's coming off the top rope doing all kinds of all awesome stuff.
2: All three of them. Yeah, man. All three of them go over that top rope in succession onto the Clover clan onto that hardwood, line-dancing floor at 8 seconds. And it was like every leap was more impressive than the previous one. Yeah,
3: Trish, oh man, Trish got a, maybe a little bit more tilt than she was expecting because she went flying, and then it kept rotating even when she made impact. But man, it was uh, obviously a much worse landing for the Clover Clan.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, the whole, it was good from start to finish. Good looks, good wrestling ability, lots of speed. This was a fight. This felt like a fight. It felt like a a it felt like wild-ass
3: fight. It felt like insanity. There's no other way to put it. I mean, there was obviously a lot of personalities clashing in this one. And uh, the wrestling was high-flying and uh, hard-hitting. And in the end, Trish comes off the top rope with a splash onto Axe. And they all, all three members of Bro pin Axe. And they get the win. So Bro goes over in their debut... At Fest Wrestling. Good
2: on you, bruh. We want to see you back. And uh, uh, we appreciate making your acquaintance on on the uh, social media over the weekend. And next up, there is a triple threat tag team match between the Metro Brothers, who we saw in action. Love is a Battlefield Battle for the Love Cup against Fabulous Fitness and the Coda. The team of Ronnie Rios and Caden Green, hashtag demon shit. Hashtag everything is demon shit, apparently. Hashtag everything is Caden. Every- <laughs> Little joke one episode oh, 105, man. folks. Beard and bigger beard. Oh, man. That was, uh... They shouldn't have told on themselves so much because I'm never going to be able to forget that stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, if I were ever able to forget it, it would be because their in-ring badassery is every bit, if not more, entertaining than all of the silliness surrounding uh, their sort of lighthearted approach to this business. Uh, Ronnie Rios looks like a monster. A true monster coming out of that curtain with his big furry black pelt on his
3: shoulders and that demon mask. And uh, the the new gear. I say these boys invested invested in their uh, their wrestling for sure because they've got really cool updated gear. Uh, I I love when tag teams coordinate. I just do.
2: It looked Uh, a little bit like Venom, a little bit like Mortis.
3: Yeah, and
2: I was really really into it.
3: Looked kind of like like Archangel, only black and white. I can dig that. Little yeah.
2: Yeah, with a little a little touch of mortise. A touch of mortis. I, I, guess, I guess there was that in the in the song. I've heard that Grateful Dead song. <laughs> touch of mortis. <laughs> touch of mortise. Well, uh every every silver lining's got a touch of mortise. There you go. Uh but I I really like the stitching on the on these guys. New black uh leather ring gear. They look they look awesome. Uh this is the first time we've seen Fabulous Fitness in the ring, although we have seen them uh, in the crowd at Festival 4. The Metro Brothers uh, bringing that, uh, I guess, that jersey feel.
3: What are you doing over here? What are you doing?
2: What I say? What I tell you? That's sort of, hey, remember this. Remember this.
3: Forget about it. But yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is sort of a uh, throwback, greaser feel, boardwalk kind of guys. They're a couple uh, of
3: outsiders. They
2: really are a couple <laughs> they of outsiders. It should
3: be managed by S.E. <laughs> 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 oh god S.E. Hinton by the way is a woman
2: S.E. Hinton fun is, facts. yeah and apparently and here's another fun fact man we e. goodbye Hinton, wrestling here we go SC e. Hinton is a huge fan of the television show uh-huh. Supernatural
3: how uh-huh. this going?
2: and John Bring who we mentioned earlier and who has been on our show before John Bring it was, it was one of the funniest text messages I've ever gotten um <laughs> Which is, uh, John said, I'm at the uh, Warner Brothers cafeteria having lunch with S.E. Hinton. (laughs) And, of course, that just immediately sent me back to the 8th grade when I read The Outsiders for my 8th grade English class. And I thought, how weird is that? The only text superior to that that I ever got from John Bring was the one that I got over 10 years ago now. Had to be. Saying... I am shitting
3: in Josh Groban's bathroom right now. <laughs> wow. That was a good one. Well, you just outed him in front of everyone uh, that happened. Josh Groban's going to listen to this podcast and go, hey, wait a minute. I'm sure Josh Groban is listening to this
2: podcast right now. In, uh, in between recording opera and Christmas <laughs> albums.
3: Right. Well, after that, I'll tell you that the time I came home and, and found Josh Groban's passport on my account. <laughs> And picked it up and said, is this Josh Groban's passport? And John said, yes. And I said, why am I holding Josh Groban's passport? Anyway, uh, sorry about that, folks. This all this is all true, though. Um, so, yeah, the Metro Brothers. Uh, they are they are some tough dudes. Uh, very, very serious, which is to the detriment of, of a team like Fabulous Fitness, Kiki Roberts, and Big Cahona Khan uh, coming out with Twinkie. Uh, maybe his name is Twinkie. It's a man dressed up like a Twinkie. Uh, maybe perhaps him and, and Hot Dog Stars could <laughs> get together and uh, uh, I think dance off. I don't know, but he, he's, throwing, he's Twinkies. throwing Twinkies. He's
2: throwing Twinkies to the crowd. And what's amazing is that these Twinkies will be involved in a lot of matches. Which means, where are they between the matches? At oh. one, Much later, much later. We I saw Lance, Lance Lou. Lance Lou takes a bite out of one uh, And it was flat It's it, uh, like I have mean, people Stepped on that Lance What are you doing Lance, Lance. Come on Hashtag friend of the show Lance Lou. I mean you su- I know you're supposed to feed Like white bread to ducks Actually but You're not you're supposed not to supposed feed Bread To, feed to ducks, bread to no. ducks. Okay.
3: But people do Disclaimer folks You do not feed bread to, to birds You don't do it But apparently you do feed Twinkies That's I guess that's not To bread. ducks <laughs> It bread. is. It's worse than bread. That's true. It's,
2: it's it's bread full of goo.
3: Well, Kiki Roberts won't let Big Kahuna Khan have any Twinkies whatsoever. It appears no. It appears that uh, Kiki Roberts is more or less the coach of Big Kahuna Khan, uh, trying to keep him on his program, maybe to lose a couple of LBs. Not saying Big Kahuna needs to. His name, however, mm-hmm. is B- Big Kahuna. So right. You can't be a little guy. It can't, it can't no. be, it's not an ironic name.
2: No, 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 no. And I think
3: the, their methodology is... Is deep squats. Deep squats. You see a lot of deep squats within the the confines of this match. Yes, you do. Uh, but I mean, so they're they're trying to do their routine, their the wrestling routine, their fitness routine. Metro Bros having no part of it and just want to get in there and just beat the snot out of people. Uh, Dakota do what they do best, get in there, do some good tag team stuff, some good tag team maneuvers from Dakota. They looked uh, more crisp than I've ever seen them before. So well done there. Kenny and I and want, uh, you know,
2: I really wanted them to win this match,
3: but well, I mean, we just had them on our panel the day before. I mean, we're fans of Dakota anyway, but you know, now now there's that closeness we have with those two gentlemen. So they were our favorites going in. Can't help it. I like to
2: cheer for who I like, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, fabulous fitness and the Metro Bros. I mean, they they seem like a couple of despicable bros well, to be perfectly honest a couple they, of mean dudes i would, mean you know i've been known to stick my middle finger in leon scott's face but uh but he had it coming and you were right to do it but for the metro bros to come out already with birdies a i mean i was like that is offensive it
3: is very offensive i was very offended uh and you mentioned twinkies uh, being a, a big factor in the night uh, or not a big factor, but involved You're in uh, a of the big matches.
0: factor.
2: Well, they're a big in factor the night.
3: they're a big factor in this match because uh Twinkie gets shoved into Ronnie Rios' mouth and that distraction's enough for Fabulous Fitness to capitalize with uh, their variation of total elimination, uh not so much the the kicking of the legs, uh but more so of the clotheslining and the low clotheslining, lining. Tag team maneuver, which looked very cool. It
2: actually looked really good. It it did
3: look really good. They get the pin and the win. Fabulous Fitness goes over on the Metro Bros and Lakota. So Lakota does not go over, but uh, good on you, Fabulous Fitness, and uh, welcome to Fest Wrestling.
2: Yeah, in the end, they come out looking like a million bucks, smelling like roses. Or at least Twinkies. And up next, the Fest Wrestling Tag Team Championships are on the line. As Awaken, your Fest Wrestling Tag Team Champions, Leon Scott and Vandal, with Wolf Taylor at their side, come to the ring with those beautiful Fest belts, and they're going to be challenged by the Ugly Ducklings. Rob Kiljoy and Lance Lude, as always coached by Coach Mikey, And this one is for all the grilled cheeses. All the grilled cheeses are on the line. I'm really, really excited about this match. Awaken, we've been watching every single show since our very first Fest Wrestling show. The Ugly Ducklings, uh, friends of the show, Mikey being on our panel the day before. The Ugly Ducklings as a trio, having been on the whole Refn show in the past. Always a blast to talk to these guys. Just as much of a blast to see them. Fly around the ring. this is a team with aerial acrobatics unparalleled. No one can do what these guys are doing they They just can't. There are great wrestlers there are other great aerialists no one's doing what the ducks are doing
3: they're not it's it's hard to it's hard to um to really pin down what the Ducks are, because everything about them is is unserious and wacky until that bell rings, and once that bell has rung, they are all business. It's all about setting up offense, to set up more offense, to set up tag team maneuvers, rob throwing Lance through the air with the greatest of ease they they become they literally become acrobats it, it becomes an acrobatic act
2: and well you said it best it's all business it's all I, business you something you would never ever ever think about until that bell it's rings it's like a
3: switch hits and Killjoy does not crack a smile lance Lou does not crack a smile it is all about victory and, and the stakes sure. could, well, not, I mean, could not be any higher than they are for this match no this, Them this... Best wrestling belts them fest wrestling grilled cheeses. Right, exactly, and that's the thing that's so impressive
2: about the ducks is, even when they they call into play their gimmick, you know, so to speak, uh, it's no different than Hulk Hogan hulking up. Right,
3: right. Is it's not a comedy break. It, it is just it's all business. I think Killjoy goes to that place, like he goes to like a dark place, or he gets that. That euphoric sense about him, and you just see it in his eyes. That again, it's all business. Coach Mikey, of course, running interference, just being Coach Mikey, and and he, he That is a scary intensity. <laughs> this is a scary intensity. Oh man! But Mikey is is rallying his troops the best he can to keep them motivated, to keep them on task and on point. And uh, this this match is just excellent. It, it goes out. It starts very quickly because Awaken comes out second. They're not even in the ring yet, and the ducks are already all over them. Feathers are flying, fists are flying. Uh, this is a brawl, an immediate brawl.
2: It is, and uh, I've never seen Awaken taken uh, this uh, much by surprise before. Oh, absolutely, uh, totally I, blindsided. Uh, uh, Leon Scott, he his <laughs> his beard growing like it's uh, full of miracle grow. Yeah, and Vandal. <laughs> uh, is a, is a brawler. He he's ready for any challenge, and that's one thing we've learned about watching Vandal. Um, not only in Fest Wrestling, but we've seen him in NXT, we've seen him in MLW, uh, but certainly as one part of Awaken, Vandal is a steady, sure hand. He will fight you. He will beat you, and that's why he's
3: one half of the tag team champions here. It's no fluke. I, I will say a vandal. What I say a Bobby Roode, where it looks like if you had a a wrestler building factory and you, you pulled a crank and it you know came out of the out of the machine, you would get like Bobby Roode. Same with Vandal, like he just looks like a wrestler.
2: Yeah, and not to mention the 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 gears, unique uh, the Turkish. Uh... Heritage is unique. His name the,
3: is cool. No, and that's important to point out, too, is, is no one looks like Vandal.
2: No one looks like you Vandal. You would
3: not confuse Vandal with anybody else. And, and you know, being unique and standing out uh, is definitely very important, especially in this business. And there's no mistaking Vandal. And sometimes I, I, I do wonder his place in Awaken, but that bad attitude is, is pretty consistent throughout all of Awaken. So Vandal Vandal's, uh, fits it right at home.
2: He is. I'm glad he is there um, in in a in an arena like Fest Wrestling, where sometimes the Gaga and the wacky can be really uh, intense. When you have this sort of uh, straight laced, dark tinged, uh, e- like evil leaning, serious minded ass kicking team, which. To me, that is awaken, right? And they're they are somehow simultaneously at the heart of this company that is otherwise seemingly so lighthearted. That makes all the difference in the world.
3: Absolutely,
2: the the the, the true uh, diversity here in, in this company. You know, sometimes people misunderstand what diversity means. Sometimes people like to uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater, and in order to get diverse they get rid of anything that was ever standard, and all of a sudden you fill it with only alternatives. And then if you do that, what are you lacking? Diversity! Absolutely. So the true meaning of diversity and equality is still having everything and everyone present, equally represented, but all still present. You know, it's that whole whole concept of uh, of misappropriating something in order to make uh, something else right or something else even. Fest is what it professes to be—true party punk equality wrestling—and I, I
3: love it. Or well, just look like at this match by itself. You have so much diversity just with the the characters and the looks of everyone involved here. Um, so, uh, backs your point up completely. Uh, it does become a regular wrestling match, not so much a brawl anymore, uh, once they're inside the ring, uh, Killjoy actually does a superplex to Vandal, uh, off the top rope. Somehow does not hit the speaker, which was hit multiple times throughout the night, uh, in in scary situations, (laughs) a couple of times. Um, it's actually a really cool spot where, uh, Leon Scott's trying to set something up, I think, in the, in the, in the top rope, but gets uh, beat up by the Ducks and kind of hangs there, right? <laughs> like, he, he, he becomes like a, like, like a, the top turnbuckle is Leon Scott at right. this point. Um, which, uh, Killjoy actually uses Leon Scott as a launch pad uh, and, and dives off of him, uh, which I thought, he jumps, into, he jumps into Vandal, which I thought was actually very cool. Uh, there's a spot where Coach Mikey and Wolf Taylor actually do a face-off in the middle of the ring, and they brawl. Um, you knew Wolf Taylor wasn't going to stay in the sidelines for long. He gets involved in the match. Uh, Rob Killjoy comes off the top rope to try to splash Leon Scott. Leon Scott catches Rob Killjoy and executes a textbook choke slam, destroying Killjoy. We said going into this that Leon Scott's size alone makes him a very credible threat in this match. Um, and it's going to put... Uh, the Ducks at quite a disadvantage, but I feel like the Ducks have been in disadvantage when it comes to size, like, their entire career, and they seem to rise above, no pun intended. And around this point is when uh, Lance Lude and Leon brawl, and they disappear upstairs, and you think, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and sure enough, um, all of a sudden, Lance Lude reappears because he is flying out the second story of eight seconds, Leon Scott Gorilla Press slams Lance Lude off the second floor, and no one saw that coming. All uh, of a sudden, Lance yeah. Lude is just soaring through the air. And uh, thank goodness when he landed, he landed on multiple people. I think several people got involved. Uh, maybe they're trying to break up the brawl between Killjoy and Vandal on the floor. Yeah, there were people who were a a not a
2: involved d- in this match. I was like, are people, those fans? <laughs> are
3: they crazy fans? Are they wrestlers who want to make an impact? What's going on here? But thank God they were there because they softened the fall if there is such a thing of Lance Lude. Poor guy. Uh, Killjoy hits a springboard tornado DDT onto a Leon Scott. like this. There's, there's so much awesome uh, wrestling in this match. It was a lot of fun to watch. I can't wait to see it on Pivot Share.
2: Rob Killjoy is a whirling dervish, but it is not reckless. There is so... I, I I wish that the neurons in my brain fired as fast as they must in Rob Killjoy's brain because I don't understand how he thinks this fast. He's moving before it seems
3: like his limbs could possibly follow his thoughts. He Am I wrong? He must be the ultimate multitasker, indeed, yeah. but... Unfortunately, Rob does hit some of the good old classic spots the Ducks are known for, and Leon has seen the videotape because Leon actually catches Lance Lude mid launch pad McQuack and throws Lance Lude onto the outside onto Coach Mikey. And it seems like uh, all is lost, but uh, the Ducks do rally. Rob Killjoy somehow lifts Leon Scott on his shoulders for wow. all la the Doomsday Device setup. Uh, so, you know, you can call Rob Killjoy a little guy if you want to, but he certainly picked up Leon Scott with the greatest of ease, more or less. Uh, Lance Lute comes off the top rope with a double knees, and it's a pin and a win on Leon, which means the Ugly Ducklings are your new Fest Wrestling Tag Team Champions. Congratulations. Fellas. Wow. Absolutely. Wow very very cool and after the match we get uh, some some nice uh, some nice camaraderie yeah
2: what's up with this i you know a couple shows ago awakened sort of seemed to tease this baby face turn but this was really out of character for leon and company it's
3: the nicest we've ever seen leon scott and vandal and in all of our goings to uh, fest wrestling events uh, but they they put the hands up, and they get the handshakes, and they, they congratulate the Ducks on a job well done. And all is well, except Wolf Taylor does not accept this at all. And uh, takes out some frustration, I guess, losing the belts uh, on poor Vandal. Vandal goes down. Leon Scott's got to stop Wolf Taylor and try to calm him down. It seems like maybe Wolf. All right, well, Wolf's cooled down. He's got He's gonna apologize to Vandal after the show, but uh, things might be okay. But Wolf Taylor takes a chair or a knife, I should say, and buries it in the back of yeah. Leon Scott, and does it again and again. Vicious chair shots on Leon Scott. Busts his forehead wide open. Ground and pound pummels him. Oh man, it's 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 crazy. It's it's insane. I mean, we've been we talking about this whole situation blowing up between uh, Wolf Taylor, Leon Scott, and Vandal, and I don't even know what the future holds for Awaken. But the thing is, a lot of people were thinking, like, "Oh, is this is this Leon and Vandal? are They good now, or are they still bad?" But Wolf Taylor is really fucking bad. It's going to be interesting to see what this means, right? But Wolf Taylor has gone lone wolf. Oh, Taylor.
2: absolutely, absolutely. You can he use has... that one, Wolf. <laughs> lone Wolf Taylor. I think that a Wolf Taylor and Leon Scott feud is about to blow the lid off of Fest for the next, well,
3: hell, for the next however long they want to keep them fighting. Well, it seems like the two cannot coexist. One's going to have to bury the other. After that, we have yet another intermission. More punk rock music, folks, as if, <laughs> as if four or five days wasn't enough. More punk rock music. Fuck yeah, that's what the Fest is. You can't be angry at that, folks. And, uh, man, you get some more uh, great tunes after that. Uh, a non-Fest Wrestling match happening at Fest Wrestling. We talked about it before. Tony Weinbender good at uh, sharing the spotlight with other folks. Wildcat Wrestling. Uh, they get the spotlight for a little while. We have two teams going at it. We have Edgrin Stone tagging with Matt Lancey, taking on Jay Spade and Buku Dow. Now Stone and Lancey, at first glance,
2: are are big. At first glancey, are are very big. <laughs> Sorry, very well built guys. Uh, stone is 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 massive. Like the he, he's just he's absolutely chiseled out of stone. Right. His height, his 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 length, his his, his breadth, and uh, as well as his muscle tone. The guy screams like ready for prime time. Like, the, you know, at, at a glance, this guy looks amazing. Lancey, uh, maybe not quite as polished, but just as big and intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Long hair, beard, loud screams. And uh, so, this is the first time I've ever seen any of these four guys. So, I'm, I'm watching this match thinking, all right, who do I get, you know, who am I going to become excited by from this day forward
3: right it's... i don't know
2: you now but i'm about to fall in love with one of these competitors right and uh the, then uh like i said you don't really know what to make of uh, Lancey and stone at first but then all it takes is spade and dow coming out and you learn oh there they are there's where stone and Lancey show their true heel nature because they got awfully down and dirty and dastardly for the remainder of this
3: match. Jay Spade and Buku Daldo, they do have a good showing throughout this match. Uh, they're, uh, Jay Spade's saying something I can't quite make out what he's saying. I think he's saying slime. Okay, it was, it was a little <laughs> confusing. <laughs> so I don't know what he's saying.
2: I don't know what he's saying either, but I'm right. going to assume he was saying slime. Yeah, but now, if I'm right. I still don't know what that means. Right, right. Why but, is he um,
3: saying slime? They definitely have some ability, though. Uh, I like Buku Dao's, uh, Buku Dao's gear uh, because it's like the, the, the bust and the sag uh, pants and the boxer shorts, something like that. I thought that was actually pretty original. Um, it was pretty cool. But uh, everyone, everyone's everyone got a good showing. I think all four of these guys could easily be back at Fest Wrestling. Uh, you, you can put them anywhere. Um, but in the end, though, uh, Edgar and Stone and Matt Lancey proved to be a more dominant tag team, and they actually get the win. And a much more heelish tag team. Oh, well, of course, much more. They're, they're more about just winning, and and <laughs> Vukudau are more about just trying to get the fans to be like, Hey, these guys are all right. Yelling slime. Right, well, you know, Stone and Lancey proved that winning is more important than popularity. There you go. There you go. After that, we get a six man tag that is just full of fest favorites, a lot of familiar fest faces. Uh, Beastly, the beloved Beastly, tagging with Milo Beasley. These two, you can't separate these two. They should come out to, to people. Let me tell you about my best friend. Instead, they come out to Metal Militia. Oh, they do by Metallica, <sighs> which, again, I always appreciate. Uh, So Beastly, Milo Beastly, and Space Monkey Yes! Take on uh, Man Scout Jake Manning, Veda Scott Making her return to Fest Wrestling, and Caleb Conley You know,
2: I still, I I think I said it last year And I didn't do what I said I was going to do Which was my due diligence on Man Scout Manning Wanted to watch him wrestle elsewhere I don't know if that gimmick is supposed to be as heelish as it appears to be at Fest or not. Uh, there was something about it that seemed wholesome, but maybe I was just wrong the whole time, and it's supposed to be ironically not wholesome, and he's supposed to be kind of a heel, but uh, he definitely is at Fest, and it kind of still throws me for a loop.
3: So you're not, you're not going to get your diligence uh, badge. Uh, Because you didn't follow up like you said you were going I didn't.
2: I'm certainly not going to get it from man scout Jake Manning. But he is always prepared.
3: And uh, he's got his scout manual in his hand, which he reads. And he keeps it on himself. He keeps it on his person. You'd think that would be a foreign object. An obvious, obvious, unconcealed foreign object. Because the ref sees him taken in and out of his his, uh, gear. Uh, But either way. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to say something like typical, because there's nothing typical about Beastly, Milo Beasley, or Space Monkey, but um, they're just in there to have fun and in there to win, if maybe, if possible, sure. Oh, I love Space Monkey. Space Monkey's there eating some bananas. Uh. Of course. <laughs> of course, uh, believe it or not. He is a Space Monkey, of course. So Jake Manning, though, of course, consulting his uh, scout manual. Uh, Veda Scott just trying to hang with the the, the, the oddness, the weirdness going down. Uh, but it's nice to see her back in the fest wrestling ring. She is outnumbered by the weirdness. Right. But to me the the one of the more entertaining aspects of this match is actually Caleb Comley, who is who is just such a, a no-nonsense wrestler. So of course he must face Beastly and Space Funky and Milo Beastly.
2: And and he must face that fest crowd. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And they seemed like his worst. Most formidable
3: opponent in this match. He's definitely the most verbal wrestler uh, there. Uh, definitely trading uh, words with the fest crowd. and uh, Yeah, so he's just uh, there looking for the W. And uh, he tells Jake Manning to get something. But I don't think he meant what Jake Manning actually <laughs> got, which was a completely assembled tent. Where did he get that? That, he, that camping tent that he brought into the ring uh, so miscommunication there, or was it? Who knows? Maybe part of the plan. Um, so a, a human pyramid, which my phone autocorrected to period, uh, was, uh, set up, uh, on poor Beastly. Veda Scott triggers a human pyramid. They all come falling down. Uh, Beastly falls, uh, onto the tent, which I don't know if that cushioned the blow or, or made it worse. who knows? Um, but they gotta do, be worse. Gotta it's, be worse. It's, it's definitely gotta be worse in this situation. Of course, they actually get the pin on Beastly and uh, Jake Manning, Caleb Conley, and Veda Scott go over. Wow! The bad sometimes the bad guys win, folks, and this is that situation where that happened. But I still
2: love Space Monkey. I hope he got some ice on that tail because uh, anybody who watched this match saw the that the heels. Gave his tail quite a beating. They really did. Uh, quite a biting as
3: well. And speaking of heels winning sometimes, folks, if you watch Game of Thrones, you know, indeed, sometimes the bad guys win. And, uh, that would be the case in this match here for the Fest Wrestling Championship belt. Saive Al-Sabah, the child of the eighth day, taking on Serpentico, or El Serpentico, to his friends. Uh... <laughs> I don't know why his friends call him by the longer name. Uh... Because he doesn't have any. Jason Cade brought his bad attitude as well. And the Fest champion, the Golden Boy of Grab Ass, Effie, of course, the fourth in this fatal four way for that Fest championship belt. This match is excellent. Um, everything about it, I mean, just. Just all the emotion and all the story building up to this Fatal 4-Way match. Of course, we know how things turned out at the second anniversary show. Where literally the locker room had to empty out. Security had to come out and separate these four gentlemen. And now we have this Fatal 4-Way situation. And any of these guys could win. It, it, it could be any of these guys getting that 1, two, 3. And like I mentioned going into this, Effie does not have to lose. Anyone could be pinned, and that title belt is got to jump around that waist.
2: You did mention that. I did and mention that. I completely blew it off. Yeah. Not because you're you. Hey. Not because that wasn't valid. Okay. But because I never in a million years would have imagined that Effie would lose this match. Not that he does. We're not there yet. Uh... I will say, I will say, so far, the highlight of my wrestling year was not... Omega Okada 4 it was not being live in attendance at Wrestlemania the highlight of my wrestling year so far was Effie coming out to Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road at Fest Wrestling as your Fest Wrestling World Champion Effie said it himself when he described changing his music to that elsewhere while he still continued to come out to Highly Suspicious uh, at Fest, that song, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, sucks the air out of the room. And I, I mentioned to you, Perry, that if you watch the room when that music hits, it's almost like everything in the room froze. Nobody knows quite how to react to it. The opponents almost almost lose their ability to stay in the moment. <laughs> the fans, you know, there's a, there were a couple of us who were marking out and popping and singing along and pumping our fists, but for the most part, uh, it's such a
3: surprise. And uh, anyway,
2: it, it was a nice setup uh, for a, a highly emotional evening on my part.
3: It was uh, a very emotional ending to this match. The match itself, though, was excellent. Very, very well-paced match, a lot of action, there's always something going on, you get lots of high-flying spots, uh, suicide dive from Effie, you get all kinds of, of flippy, flippy awesome show-off moonsault, 450 corkscrew deals, uh, not 450, but still, corkscrew deals, all kinds of cool stuff, we put a couple videos up on social media, side coming over the top rope, Kid coming over the top rope, serpinico doing cool stuff, and it's great, and, and all these guys are brawling. Saeed Al-Sabah nearly rips the mask off of Serpentico's face. Which I love that, by the way. I love that Serpentico had that disheveled, like, like like battle-damaged Spider-Man look <laughs> yes. for half the match. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, very well done. And it's just, oh, man, it's so good. Everyone gets their spots in. Everyone comes in with a heartbeat of winning the, the title. Um, Serpentico
2: in in that battle damage also gets a little bit more damaged as in the exposed area of his skull gets pounded with a whole big bag of wooden skewers. Now, when did that start happening? When did that become a thing in wrestling? I don't know, but it needs to
3: stop immediately. Yes, it does. Because that looks horrible. Uh, Serpentico, though, does uh, tuck the old folding chair... It's funny because there are there are many alliances that go on through this. I mean, Sayve so and Effie, or you know, I, I won't say that they're they're in cahoots, but there is a mutual hatred for the other two, Serpentico and Jason Cade. Um, Serpentico does put the folding chair between Jason Cade's legs in the corner, and of course, whacks it with another folding chair. So Jason Cade does get some comeuppance there, because uh, I mean, Serpentico more or less has been dragged into this whole thing. You know, uh, by Jason Cade ever since Cade showed up wearing a Serpentico mask at a, a Effie match. So, I mean, again, it, it's just all four of these roads coming together and uh, in the end, and on the whole, Jason Cade showing up under a Serpentico mask and interrupting the outcome of a match, we have someone else entering the ring. Who is the mystery masked person and uh, this confuses Saive al Al-Sabah for sure, and long enough to distract Saive Jason Cade shows up from behind, delivering the low blow to Saive This masked non-Serpentico uh, bounces off that rope with uh, a great fury and nails Saive with a Canadian Destroyer. Jason Cade crawls in for the victory. One, two, three, Jason Cade is your new Fest Wrestling champion.
2: And I had a very hard time remaining objective and unbiased here. I was so lost in that moment, I didn't even boo Jason Cade. I didn't boo him as a Mark. I didn't boo him as a smart Mark part of the show. I was dumbfounded. I was stupefied. I was speechless. I kept taking my eyes from Saive, who was lying on the mat, broken and defeated, to and turning my eyes to Effie, who was on his knees at ringside just at that very moment, that late in the game, uh, starting to recover from a double stop from Serpentico through a table. Oh, yes. That was, or a door rather. A door. That was propped between the ring apron and the entrance stairs in a very, very gnarly, gruesome spot that I thought... Serpentico may have busted his own skull trying to pull that off, but he certainly broke Effie into pieces. And to see Effie slowly coming back to life and, and creeping up over the top of that ring apron and just seeing him slowly, defeatedly stare and to see what was happening in the ring, it was devastating.
3: It was, it was. It was, I'm sure, a very confusing end to the match for basically everyone involved except for Jason K. Because he knew who was under that mask. The mask does come off. And Angel Rose is underneath it, making her return to Fest Wrestling. Making uh, speaking of impact, talk about impact. Huge impact here helping Jason Cade get the victory. What does that mean her? Or- Jason Cade and Angel Rose in cahoots? They a- certainly does Angel- seem to be. Man, it's it's crazy. I, I, I can't wait to see where the story
2: goes from here. Uh, yeah, I, for one, need an explanation. Why are Angel right Rose away. and
3: Jason Cade involved? Well, what's going to happen? Who gets the rematch out of all the people involved in this fatal four way? It, it's, it's a lot of answers uh, are going to be needed here for all these questions, folks. Uh, but the match itself is excellent. Super match. Not the main event, though. It is the end of segment three, and,
2: and I understand why that this. I understand why this was done. It doesn't mean I love it. Right. Uh, this needed to be the end of the show.
3: Well, in, in, and of course, you know, you have to get the show going. There's more. Uh, there's more booked. We're gonna try to get to the end of the show and, and get to the fourth segment. Get this other band on. Don't like that the band is tuning up during the match. Don't like it's, that at it's, all. It's distracting. Don't like that as soon as this
2: match is over, the band starts playing. It seems beyond distracting. And honestly, and I know they don't intend it to be this way. Right. But it really seems disrespectful.
3: I, 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 I totally, yeah, I got that. Um, it's, I know it's the machine. you got to keep it going. And, and, and the show's got to go on, all that stuff. But uh, I think everyone was just so like, what the hell just happened? So when the band starts playing, everyone's like, huh? <laughs> Music? Um, so yeah rough night for all uh, the th- other three men involved in that match but uh, it is what it is we got to find out what's going on there but we're not happy here the whole rough and show with the outcome and uh, hashtag not our fest wrestling champion Jason Cade that's right here here, there there. So after intermission we are treated to an excellent singles match one of the few singles matches of the evening in Holiday. Uh, friend of the other show taking on Errol Monroe titles not in the line you don't have multiple tag teams you know trying to to do their maneuvers get over the crowd whatever there doesn't this isn't like a big spotty match you know what I mean like we're you're trying to make the, the audience entertained or whatever. This is just a straight-up wrestling match, and it is excellent.
2: I was about to say, but it doesn't mean it's anything but excellent.
3: Absolutely. Like I said before, Holla Dead has one of my favorite matches at last year's We Are Family against Rachel Elring. Yeah. And so she gets another singles match, and it's it's as good as that Elring match. Holla Dead, I mean, I, I don't want to say she's underrated because I know that people respect her, and she's highly regarded, and rightly so, but I'm saying if if Holla Dead's not on your radar, folks... Go seek out a Dead match. Ariel Monroe, same thing. Ariel we just saw on the latest Mae Young Classic. Um, she did not fare well there, but she does very well here. Uh, because these two just have an excellent match. And that's about all I can say about it is just how good that match was. Uh, Ariel does come out on top with that spinning, roaring elbow that she does. Clocks Dead. It's enough to keep her down. Uh, Ariel gets the W on that one. But, man, good match. Um, again. When I watch this whole show on Chair, it's definitely going to be one of the matches that I most look forward to. And it was one of the most look forward to matches going into it, and it did not disappoint, not in the least. After that, we got uh, a match with quite a few people here. Five people, as a matter of fact. Shook D making his return to Fest Wrestling. Ethan Case also involved in the match. Kevin Koo is back and with a brand new attitude, punk rock attitude. He went from Sub-Zero to just... Planes Zero. Plain zero. I he's, to got say that. A, he's got a new attitude. Yeah, he had a new attitude for sure. Uh, Jamie Senegal in this match, uh, and Snoop strikes. So five very very different personalities all coming together, all just trying to put on a very good show at FS Wrestling, and they succeed. This match is a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of spots in this match. There is a game of Duck Duck Goose uh, during this match. Uh, Suge D uh, does a. Uh, does a lap dance for Jamie Senegal. Highlight of the match. Highlight of the match. Uh, poor Shug D, though, got shut down by the DJ. Uh, the man in charge of Music at Fest Wrestling.
2: This was tough.
3: When he called for uh, some, some mood music for the uh, the occasion, it uh, was just shot down, denied. It had my phone not been at 5% battery. <laughs> I, I, I may have just grabbed the microphone and played something through my phone uh, for Shug D because I felt bad for the guy. It How- was one of those rare... Awkward moments at Fest. Yeah, it was a momentum killer as it well. It was. Really that was probably was. the worst part about it. But Shook D, regardless, uh, a cappella dancing, I guess, because uh, he just kind of goes through the lap dance for Jamie. And Had anybody straight-
2: else done that whole thing, wouldn't have worked. Oh, no. There's something about Shook D. There's something cool about Shug D.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, Sug D has some really great moves as far as the lap dance goes. To me, the funniest part though is Jamie. Jamie's hands are up the whole time, which is what you do when you're getting a lap dance. I've heard. Um, so they basically, <laughs> show like bouncers and anyone around, like, "Oh, I'm not touching. I'm not touching." You know, but the Jamie's hands are as high as possible, uh, which I thought was just hilarious. The, the visual is very hilarious. But uh, everyone does a good job. Uh, everyone, everyone gets their shit in, as we like to say here on the Whole Ref and Show. The only wrestling podcast calls it right down the middle. But in the end, Ethan Case sneaks away with the win. I don't think anyone saw that coming. I know
2: I, know I didn't.
3: I know Jamie Senegal was a huge favorite going into that match. But uh, strangely enough, Ethan Case slips out the back door with the victory. And the win and a, a very good debut at Fest Wrestling. Oh, and that's for sure. Following that match, we got two men who need no introduction. But if we don't introduce it. Our listeners won't know who we're talking about. That's
2: right, it's the penultimate match of the evening.
3: Indeed, it is Matt Cross. Hashtag friend of the show, Matt Cross, taking on Simon Grimm, formerly Simon Gotch of NXT WWE fame. A match well
2: worth the wait. We are deep into Fest. We are family too at this point. There are some exhausted people. There are some drunk people, and yet everybody has their eyes glued to this kind of action that you just don't see anywhere else.
3: Yeah, whenever you see people wrestle,
2: Darren, uh,
3: you definitely see obviously all their training, their influences, all that stuff. It always shines through in the match. This looked like I was watching a match on on Raw. Like, sure, like it, it was it was exactly that kind of match. I mean, it was the most. I don't want to say typical because it sounds like I'm, I'm down on it, but I, I, don't, I mean that in the best possible way. It was I dare say you, and excuse
2: me for putting words in your mouth, normally we're taking words out of each other's mouths like meatloaf, but <laughs> it's the most technically proficient match.
3: Exactly. Doesn't
2: make it typical. No. Doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it worse. Doesn't make it quote-unquote pro style. Doesn't make it safe style. Doesn't make it WWE style. It's just a certain specific crispness. To the uh, ring
3: awareness and the the dance, if you will. Right, right, right. And to their credit, they are in a single situation. Yes. A lot less moving parts in the machine. So, And these two guys, they know how to put a match on, and they do just that. Um, really, really superb match, stellar match. Simon Grimm, of course. Like we said, he would. Uh, uses his power, though. Uh, to his advantage, he gets a lot of offense on Matt Cross Matt Cross, though, of course, doing all the high-flying stuff that he's so good at And, and this this is one of those things where, in your mind, these guys are the same size
2: But that's no, not true no,
3: no, like you first mentioned the first time you saw Simon Grimm in action And I I noticed it this time, watching him for the first time live Because um, I've missed a few fest shows uh, He's Yeah, he's a tall guy, he's, he's a big guy He's not as tall as I am, but I've, I've been told that that's also a pretty tall height as well uh, sorry. Uh, no, he is. <laughs> no, he's and standing he's, next he's, to Matt Cross, he's significantly bigger. Right, he's he's far more muscly than I am. That's for sure. So uh, a guy of that size beating up a Matt Cross, who himself is very muscly as well. Uh, Matt Cross had to rely on his speed uh, to stay alive in the match. However, in the end, it is Simon Grimm who puts away Matt Cross. But it, it is a clinic. I mean, it, it just is a. a a, a, I will say, textbook. Once again, textbook match. Sure, and and I mean that the best way possible.
2: Yeah, and the match does not uh, go without its uh, specialness and uniqueness. Uh, it is that technical proficiency which makes it unique. Right, and we still get our fest moments. We still get Matt Cross spilling to the outside, going up top,
3: climbing getting... a mountain of fest
2: exactly. people, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and throwing you know one defiant punk rock fist into the air and uh, and sort of celebrating, soaking that moment in, because we know Fest is exactly where Matt Cross wants to be every year in late October, and that's his moment where he's no longer a fan in the crowd. All of a sudden he's center stage, and this it's it's his giving back. so that's pretty cool.
3: right. And of course, there's the the match. You get the two of them together, and you think like, oh, a handshake maybe, but Grim actually goes for the kiss on that cross. Yeah, what's up with Which that? Which very hot and that interesting, was cool. and that was nice, nice little moment there. So <laughs> obviously these two know each other, they respect each other, They've been, they're both veterans, and um, yeah, just great match.
2: And here we are, dear listeners, Fest family, and all of those listening to the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle we have but one more match. Here at the close of Fest Wrestling's We Are Family 2, at the very end of the Fest 17 weekend, we have a six-man tag match. One team comprised of the Carnies in all their glory, Nick Iggy, Trip Cassidy, and Kerry Awful. Taking on the dream team of Darius Lockhart, Myron Reed and Desmond Xavier and this is a match when you want to talk about mismatches you want to talk about putting these six men in the ring together stylistically could not be further apart
3: you're absolutely right about that but I mean again this is best wrestling you got to find that opposites attract when it comes to a wrestling match um a lot of uh, high-flying ability on the Desmond on Team Desmond Xavier for certain, uh, but a lot of chicanery and carneyism uh, on the Carney's side, believe it or not. So you I mean you're going to see all the stuff typical in a carney's match? The carney's doing uh, tricks and all kinds of weird shit. especially Trick I mean, sh- Cassidy. sure. I mean,
2: <laughs> right, right. they're wrestlers. They're talented wrestlers, but it, it is the Gaga that puts the, that puts the pep in their steps. The Gaga that gets them booked. And, uh, you know, the wrestling is, is, is icing on the cake, and especially when it's brought out by a team that focuses much more on the, the technical side of it, the, uh, the, the more, I guess, the wrestling side of it, for, for lack of a better word. Right. A team that you have like your uh, Desmond Xavier. And we've seen Desmond Xavier wrestling all over the country. We've seen Desmond Xavier wrestling the very best. And when you get in the ring with him, you had better be able to bring some of your very best, or you're going to get
3: steamrolled. That That's uh, that's very true. Funny, because the review for this show, I, I mentioned who the Carnies were fighting, and you were like, oh, they're going to win. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh? oh, wait, does it exist? Okay, yeah, yeah, does, they, they win. And they do go over on the Carnies, Darren, so I guess good... It's hard to say who's good or evil uh, in this situation, but... I think Carnies
2: will always... Carnies will always err on the side of evil.
3: Right, but I mean, you don't always need the good guy, bad guy in a wrestling match. But I think as far as the fans wanting... The fan favorites going over on the Carnies, that that absolutely did happen. Um, So, hats off to uh, Desmond Xavier... Myron Reed and Darius Lockhart, uh, great showing, and a good show for the Carnies too. I, I won't shortchange them at all. They are absolutely good at what they do. This match, uh, like you said, uh,
2: maybe a little bit questionable as, as going on last, but it doesn't take anything away from the match itself. This match is just one of every match on this card, which is is very impressive. Spotlight so much talent, so much heart and dedication and a, a very specific understanding of one's role in the world of wrestling and a very sharp, keen understanding among all the participants on this card of the venue they are in, the, the, the world that they are inhabiting of Fest Wrestling. Right. And that's what makes this very lengthy, very packed card still somehow... Uh, have a feeling of cohesion. It doesn't feel like a a huge, weird conglomerate of disparate parts. It seems like a cohesive card. It seems like a card with, th- this is the roster. Like This is the roster every time. Mm. And this roster doesn't, doesn't fight elsewhere. It somehow manages to feel like that. Every match feels like a fest wrestling match, even if it's nothing like the match that precedes it or follows it. I love that feeling. I love that feeling of a fast wrestling show, where the whole thing feels like a fast wrestling show.
3: It's a it's a dessert buffet. It's got a little <laughs> bit of everything. There you go. I like that. It's uh, well, I love that. And uh, yeah, you get a little bit of everything on there, and uh, you get plenty of choices. And that, it goes back to the diversity you're talking about, where there are different styles, different uh, backgrounds, different training, and it all comes together beautifully in this delicious goulage. Of uh, of uh, tastes and, and I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Well,
2: you're Just, saying you're saying goulash for one, and I, I I can dig it. I want a dessert buffet goulash, <laughs> and then I'll throw up afterward. But I'll be happy up until that moment
3: that I throw up. Right, right. That that always happens with uh, eating way too much. Uh, so that was it for uh, Fest Wrestling. We are family too. Oh, so good. Very, very good showing. Again, folks, uh, if you can get to a Fest Wrestling show, do it. Absolutely do it, because they're always a lot of fun, and uh, next one's going to be great. Pickle in the Tree 3, I guess. I, I don't know if they're being clever with this one or not, uh, but it is the third Pickle in the Tree going down this December. Uh, pretty pretty funny poster, pretty yeah, hey, poster. I was about to
2: say, hey, 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 Perry, hey, Perry. They are being clever with the poster. That's true.
3: The poster is very clever. I won't even say what it is, folks. Go find it yourself and take a look at it. Take a gander at that. Uh, so uh, hopefully we'll see you guys there in December because uh, we'll be there.
2: Oh, and for all of you who came up and spoke to us this weekend, oh yeah, yeah, thank you for saying hello. Uh, we really love meeting our hashtag dear listeners, and uh, so you know, big ups, big ups to Brooklyn, <laughs> big ups to all of you <laughs> who introduced yourselves. Uh, to either Perry or myself We love you Right This show would not exist without you
3: Everyone yep. sing hi to Darren Because everyone knows about the mustache and all I'm sitting next to Darren In a whole reference show shirt And no one says anything to old Perry you know?
2: That's not true Right Is I guess it? they assume
3: like Well the Perry guy's got a very handsome voice I'm looking for a very handsome man Perry must not be at this one Because I don't see a handsome man next to you Darren Okay Anyway Are you- uh, <laughs> That's a strange. I'm. I'm... Are you, are you overly
2: complimenting your voice while completely crapping on your looks? Yes. Oh no. What What have I done? What
3: have I done? (laughs) Well, everyone's their own worst critic. Am I right? So that's right, folks. Fest wrestling. And speaking of fest wrestling, of course, uh, we we have to bring on uh, hashtag our best friend of the show Effie, uh, who sadly was defeated at this this last event and I mean both both of us are still reeling about that obviously uh, absolutely we've been talking about it for the last hour and a half very upset about it right right um injustice obviously uh, let me pull him up here he's on our skype right now wait wait a minute there's someone oh Darren there's someone else calling us right now it's not Effie
1: oh
2: the the mere the wonders the miracle of modern technology. This is not, in fact, Effie.
3: That's not Effie, um, folks. I don't,
2: it's, I don't know if I'm a. Should
3: we take this? No, call? hell yeah, fucking yes, we're taking this. I want some answers. We are taking this call right now, folks. I'm going to warn you: this is not Effie taking it. Uh, this is not Effie. This is someone that you do know, though. He is your current Fest Wrestling Champion, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show, Jason Cade. Let
0: me hear you say that one more time,
3: ladies Let and me gentlemen. Welcome to the show, the new Fest Wrestling Champion, Jason
0: Cade. Oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds great. How are you guys doing? I know how I'm doing. How are you guys doing?
2: Well, we were were pretty damn low, and I don't know that this is going to help my mood at all. So, I guess you're going to have to be doing all the smiling for the three of us.
0: Low? Low for what? Why are you low? Why are you low now that you have the greatest fest wrestling champion of all time, Jason Cade, on the line with you? Whoa,
3: that's well, that's debatable in the very least, Jason Cade. I will not argue, though, that you are what you say you are, which is the current fest wrestling champion, and I, I, I've got a thousand questions for you, Jason Cade, but the biggest question is why? Why... Do you want the belt so bad that you will stoop so low and call in favors from buddies to get the job done? Why can't you just pin another man or woman's shoulders to the mat for a three count?
0: Why? Why? Why can't I do that? Because you have crooked refs at Fest that won't count the three. Let's not forget. Let's not forget here that I beat Effie at the second anniversary show. Let's Let's rewind. Let's rewind. I had Effie pinned. One, two, and what's that name? Tony wouldn't count to three. So how's it how is it fair? How is it fair that Tony cannot count to three? And let's also talk about how Charles, big ring announcer, he wanted to get involved. Effie had, had fans holding me so Effie can, you know, get an advantage. All that is okay. Me having to wrestle Effie and the fans and the ref and management and production But yet I go get help from one friend One friend to even up the odds And, and all of a sudden that's wrong? Well, How is that fair? Answer me that If, if we're talking about
2: fairness Then
0: I, clearly
2: you're painting a picture here Where uh, these individuals these, these fest people Effie uh, and the like Management, uh, production, whatever I guess you're, argue, you're making the argument That you reap what you sow But, but Jason Jason that all happened because of the situation you put yourself in, Bud. Like you—you were reaping what you sowed. You set up this company as your almost permanent opposition. You set yourself absolutely in a position to be hated.
0: You know the way I see it. I was never treated fairly at first. Think about it. Let's, let's 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 think about the whole. Time Jason Cade's been in, in Fest. I've been the butt of every joke. They put me in s- stupid Santa suits, put me in multi-man matches, and oh, you laugh and and you guys and I believe you guys used to call me the, the, the what did you guys used to call me the whipping boy of Fest. Oh no, <laughs> that's what you used to call me. He was listening. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you didn't you didn't think I'd hear that? I hear everything. So Fest wrestling can just can just basically bully me. And never give me the opportunities that I rightfully deserved, and it was okay. So what did I do? I had to make a statement. This wasn't about Effie. This wasn't about Saif. This is about Tony and Fest Management. This is about me getting what I deserved. So I had to take the belt and hold the company hostage. Because that's the only way to get things done around here. When Sue Young, who is playing around her undead realm somewhere now, when she... (laughs) is the Fest champion and can enter Pickle in the Tree. A match where if you win the Pickle, you can cash in on the champion at any time. But if Sue Young wants to win that, they shouldn't have to worry about that. How is that fair? How is it fair that I had to be in a qualifying match and not everybody else did? So again, I was wronged by Fest, so I did what I had to do to make it right. Effie just happened to be you know, in the wrong place at the wrong time, but I'm still making my point. Which is Tony had
3: to pet. That's what I, that's what I did. Well, I, I hate to admit it, Jason. Um, uh, you're making some decent points here. You you, you yeah, have, I'm right, I'm making some decent points. You have been treated unfairly by management on several occasions. I I, I can see where you might feel like you you've been mistreated uh, since uh, you began wrestling for Fest Wrestling, which is you know you're basically all but there from the beginning. As far back as I can remember, you were there. I um, was, was the first best show. Well, there you go. Very first. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you had some success, some minor success, with your former tag team partner, Pop Culture's Veda Scott, of course. Uh, Veda uh, was a no-show for quite a few shows, and since then you made a name for yourself as a singles competitor. And I will say, the spotlight wasn't put on you, so you basically had to, to stand in the spotlight yourself. And, and I don't agree, again, with, with how you get things done, but you got things done. You wanted attention, and you basically grabbed those fans by the collars and made them look at you. And now all eyes are on you, Jason, and now you are the Fest champion again. And it hurts hurts to say that. It, it hurts every time to say that. But I will say that you deserve a chance like everyone else. Um, and
0: I, I don't know what kind of champion you're going to be. I'm going to be the greatest champion Fest has ever seen. That's the that's type of champion I'm going to be. Let's look at, at, at the former FESH champion. Heidi Lovelace. Heidi Lovelace is too busy starting riots somewhere. <laughs> so we haven't seen her since, uh, since she lost the pelt. Sue Young, as I mentioned earlier, she's playing around her undead realm. And then Effie. Everyone loves Effie. Well, here's some news. Effie's overrated. Effie just exploits his sexuality and the fact that you can't go after him like he can go after you in 2018 without the internet attacking you. Wow. Effie's not actually that good. Effie's sassy and he exploits that. Whereas if you were were to attack him like Effie Effie would attack you, like you remember that, that, that promo Effie put out after I took the belt where he just attacked me verbally. If I was to attack him the same way, I'd be the bad guy, but Effie actually is the bad guy. Well, let, let me
2: ask you this, Jason. I mean, that, that those are some serious words. You know that this is, we have thousands of hashtag dear listeners. People are going to lose their minds over statements like that. I'm not saying you don't have your own huge following. I'm sure there are going to be people celebrating your words, but you're putting yourself in the line of attack here by fans of Effie and those who defend fast wrestling, and all I'm saying is, when you're putting yourself out there like that, what does that mean for you and Effie? Now, as the former champion, does he not have a fair claim for a rematch? Why should he get a rematch? Well, typ- oh, typically, the former champion will have that opportunity, and uh, so clearly, you have name you- one former
0: FES champion has gotten a rematch.
2: Uh, Well, I can't do it. You got me there.
0: Uh, Effie. Effie will be the first, Jason. No, no. I'm not giving Effie his rematch. You know why? Because all this, oh, you can't win without help. I beat Effie in his own freaking match type. But once again, the ref wouldn't count to three. So, had to go do a four-way. And everyone knows I hate man matches. (laughs) This is true. And, and, you know, matter of fact, while I'm at it, now that I'm Fest Champion, there should be some goddamn rules in Fest. No more of these doors and chairs and, and and street fights every every match. From now on, I'm making executive order as Fest Champion. Every Fest Championship match will be consistent under normal rules. Wow! So if anyone wants to use a chair, he will get disqualified. If he wants to brawl outside, he will get counted out. And I will retain the fest championship. Let's see. Let's see if Effie can win a match without using any weapons. Because we all know Effie has to have street fights and fight kids. No, <coughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I,
3: I will say that um, that there should be safer working conditions for the talent at Fest Wrestling. We've definitely commented in the past how I don't think anyone's ever been disqualified before. Um, and you might not have any friends at Fest Wrestling as far as the people who work for Fest Wrestling. But, Jason, it's very clear that you have at least one friend in that backstage area. That would have to be one Angel Rose. What is your relationship with Angel co- Rose?
0: Co- correction. Her name is Diamante. Oh. Get it right. Oh. The TV star. Get it right. My, like my bad.
3: My apologies. Diamante, of course. I believe that means diamond. Yeah, somewhere that. Oh, okay, okay. Well, tell us what your relationship is with the impact star Diamante. Let's, let's talk about her. Let's
0: talk about back back before you guys loved her didn't you? Sure. huge fans of Diamante weren't you? Sure. Why not? I mean and, of course. And then she got hurt and you didn't care. Well that... None of you cared. No, no, no. None of you cared because, because who was the one that was there for her when she got hurt who was the one that drove her to the emergency room to pop her elbow back into place who was the one that was on the phone with her for hours and hours and hours after her knee surgery when she was considering quitting because it felt like nobody cared anymore it wasn't the fest family it was me real family so when i needed help when i when i had the whole world against Not just Effie, not just Saeed, not just Serpentico, but all of Fest, fans, management included. I need help. So I turned to my family to be there for me like I was there for her. That is why Diamante helped me. That is why she did what she did. Because she knows who she can count on. She's like, I know who I can count on. And it damn sure ain't Fest for us.
2: Well, it's it's hard to argue with loyalty. Loyalty is something that, uh, regardless of position, I can always respect loyalty, and I will go on record as saying that. So, yeah, it, if if that's the only time I agree with you during this conversation, let me agree with you there. But I have to address the fact you keep bringing up Saive and you keep bringing up Serpentico as well. Now, I don't know... I don't know if I trust Serpentico as far as I could throw him, but Saive, it seems like there's a certain loyalty to the Fest family and Fest among Saive. And you claim not to have a problem with Effie, really, but then you turn around and you talk shit. You claim not to have a problem with Saive and with Serpentico, but you clearly do. Now, you've said your piece about Effie... But what happens when
3: Saib and Serpentico come calling for that belt? Our Angel Rose, a.k.a. Diamante, comes a-calling for that belt.
0: One, Diamante's not going to do that. Like, we, we have an understanding. She knows a win for me is a win for both of us. There's no way I can change best wrestling for the better without being on top. As far as Saib, again, this wasn't about him. He just had me in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, he's happened to be the guy that I had to pin. If he wants a title shot, sure. I'll just beat him like I beat Effie the first time. And let's hope the ref counts. matter of fact, I'm going to make another executive decision. Tony Stabil is no longer allowed to ref my match. <laughs> wow. And Serpenico, he just needs to stop leaving his mask laying around because then <laughs> it just makes it too easy for me. But anyway... <laughs> On if, he, if he wants a title shot, sure, or he can have a title shot. But I'll beat him too because I'm going to be the the longest reigning Fest champion of all time. The greatest Fest champion of all time.
2: Uh-huh. Well, the thing about Fest wrestling champions is they are absolutely beloved. So if you wanted to change the game in Gainesville, Florida, that's the first way you've done it. You're going to come out with that belt in December at Pickle in the Tree and you are not going to be cheered, my friend. Uh, love it or hate it, that's the reality you have established for yourself. You know what? Those
0: booze—they give me life. I don't, I don't really care anymore what the fest crowd thinks, because you guys turned your back on me way before I quit and came back and stole the belt. So, if you don't like what's happening, maybe look in the mirror and maybe think. If we treated Jason K a a little better, he wouldn't be doing this to us. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have held our championship hostage for a month. He wouldn't have had to dethrone Effie, who we love so much, as best Champion. Well, I know, let's be real. I would have dethroned him anyway. But I wouldn't have had to do it the way I did it. You know, I got things to do. I'm tired of talking to you guys. I'll see you in December with my Fest Wrestling Championship, and I'll walk into Fest Wrestling. I'll walk in the eight seconds at Gainesville as Fest Champion, and I'll walk out as Fest Champion. And I will do that month after month, year after year, because I am never, ever losing this championship. You got a Fest Champion with a bad attitude.
3: Did he just hang up? He just—that's uh, the, that's the first time, folks. Uh, someone we interviewed actually hung up on us. But I mean, you heard it from the man himself. I mean, again, like it or not, he is the fest champion. Uh, for how long remains to be determined, and what kind of champion he'll be also remains to be determined. Um, this will be a, this will be a very
2: powerful uh, uh, swing vote, if you will, if he is able to persuade uh, the fest crowd to. to Cheer him, right? No,
3: that. he'll be the first Fest champion that's going to see middle fingers. He's going to look out and and not see a crowd admiring him. He'll see a crowd admonishing him, uh, flipping him God, I off. Can't believe he hung up on us. Yeah, I don't appreciate that very much. Uh, but Actually, we are going I'm, to. I'm surprised he called in the first place. Oh, well, that's very surprising. Yes, but uh, we are going to talk to someone who has much better phone etiquette. Yeah, yeah, I would appreciate any of that. I want to. I want to talk to my. Fest wrestling champion. To me, he's still champion, damn it. Oh, he's my champion. I, mean, I think he's everyone's champion. Uh, ladies hey, and gentlemen, why have
1: I been on hold for like 40 minutes? What is happening?
3: No, we we apologize for that, Effie. We actually had uh, a, a party crasher, as it were. Well, he's not the first party he's ever crashed. Uh, he crashes parties at Fest all the time. Uh, Jason Cade, oh, actually. Jason Cade... You know that name? Uh, just called into our yeah, show.
1: this is adorable. I already get put on hold for him. That's yeah. like this is a it's a waking dream, you know.
3: Well, we had to take the call. We needed some answers. Well, I mean, obviously, I'll go ahead and say this right now. What happened? The way things ended for you at uh, Fest Wrestling, uh, obviously unfair, uncalled for. Uh, Jason Cade called in the big guns or, you know, the little guns depending on how you look at it. Uh, Diamante showing up all of a sudden yeah. unannounced.
1: I mean, here's what I'm looking at, right? So Serpentico stomps me through a table. I guess Saive's frustrated by that. And then there's another Serpentico but it's the little girl from Impact and she's crazy. I guess we're not cool anymore. Are Serpentico and Cade friends? I I can't. It was a mess. It seemed like a mess. I was very confused. Uh, my ear was bleeding. Uh, I guess things went down. It was kind of a blur at a certain point there.
2: It was a blur to everyone that was witnessing it. Uh, you know, I, I kept trying to. I kept trying to get a photograph of your face, not because I, I wanted it, but to see the the confusion. But I felt like it needed to be captured for posterity <laughs> you know just for
1: a scrapbook for my sad little scrapbook like that's I, that's it
2: as soon as you came up to the apron and just surveyed the landscape I mean I'm with you man like what the hell is the Serpenico tie to all of this
1: I don't know I think he's losing his mind I mean you do this long enough under a mask and you start to go crazy anyway but you, I mean the real problem is my, oh, I feel stupid. You know, I've been gallivanting around Fest all weekend screaming, you know, about I don't lose at Fest and being a cockamamie piece of crap, and you can't, I guess it's unpredictable what happens in there. It sucks, though. I, I got all these shows coming up, too, and I was advertised as champion, and so that's out the window. Um, I'll, I guess I'll just try to make up for it uh, while Cade Parades around with the belt, sorry, I, I'm just a little I don't know I am what I am
2: no, and I understand that, and man, you know you know we're big fans, and we're totally on your side, and we're not alone in thinking that Jason Cade is a piece of shit. I mean, we just talked to him, he insulted us directly, so he did nothing to change our opinion of him, but I'm gonna try and call it right down the middle. That's what we do here on the whole reference show and i'm gonna agree with you buddy like did you fest a little too hard
1: i you know it's it's always possible i was out there cosplay wrestling and doing whatever but i mean at the end of the night it still was completely out of my control i mean there's other hands at play so you know do i really sit here in my squalor and cry about it or do i figure out a game plan and Get back into it, and you know I was pretty frustrated when everything ended. And I think they probably interviewed me and asked me something, and I said crazy things. But uh, I guess it's a rebuild program now, right?
3: Well, you know? abs- absolutely. I mean, you you were uh, cosplay wrestling and missing really cool podcasts uh, wrestling panels. I know. I'm
1: sorry, guys.
3: That th- uh. that aside, that aside, Effie, we still love you. You know that. But I think you're you're. I think you're missing something here, and I think Darren's missing something here. You did not lose the Fest Wrestling Championship. Yeah, right? I
1: wasn't pinned. I was not submitted. Nothing. I, I was incapacitated, I guess would be the answer. But, you know, when you start giving directions and Angel Rose is wearing secret masks, it's. How much of a reach do you prepare for? Do you really have a game plan for that? Oh, I I, I bet he's going to bring in Angel Rose in a mask. It's just. It feels like Kate is reaching. He's reaching, 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 and. I mean that desperation worries me a little bit, but it also makes me smile because he's very unpredictable, but he's also very desperate. And I think when you're desperate, you tend to make mistakes.
2: He's And I think you're absolutely right. One thing I know that just a few minutes ago we heard him say that despite any mistakes he might be making along the way, he's also issuing a lot of proclamations I guess he thinks that uh, the championship comes along with executive power.
1: (laughs) uh, Yeah, that's the funniest thing because, honestly, you know, when you hold the Fest belt, you get a lot of messages from people, and you're like, hey, you should book me at Fest. And I tell them, and I think they think I'm kidding. I'm like, I I literally have no pull. I could tell Tony 100 names, and he's going to go with 50 other ones that I never brought up. Um, while well, bragging about how cool it is that he finally booked him for me, you know? Yeah. So i it's out of my control as champion or not as champion, and I think Jason's going to realize that at the end of the day, he's still going to get put in defenses and matches, and it's still his responsibility to put that belt out there on the line, and uh, you got to live to fight another day. It's not a one-time endeavor.
2: And I think that that's going to be a rude awakening for him to everything that he said... He, like occasionally Occasionally he would take a moment to say I'm going to be the greatest Fest wrestling champion ever But at no point did he actually talk about The logistics of doing that He didn't <laughs> talk about future opponents He didn't talk about wrestling matches It was all about this big Plan that he concocted Everything was very past tense As if this was the culmination Of his career
1: Right where does it go now What does he do now you know God forbid he even puts real tights on anymore. He's half the time wrestling in sweatpants, complaining about everything. So it'll be a sight to behold. You know, I took the belt and tried to take it wherever I could. I tried to take it all over. Uh, And I hope he does the same, but he's going to run into a wall, and then we're going to be in a situation where somebody gets that belt and we can't really get it back.
3: Right. I mean, if you ask me, this is the second time Jason Cade has stolen that Fest Wrestling Championship belt. Um, he's he's going to have to defend it. I mean, he's got you nipping at his heels. He's got several other
1: people. is going to be... Yeah, I mean, he still, he still put a nut shot to, to Saib El Sabah in that match. I wouldn't be uh, too pleased if I was him.
3: Absolutely. No, I mean... Well, Jason Cade's going to find out the hard way that if you want to be champion, that's fine and all, but you're going to have that entire locker room looking at you a little a little differently. They're going to want what's yours.
1: And not just that locker room. I mean, you know, you think of where Fest was two years ago, where Fest is now. This is, this is a, a promotion with a bit of an expectation, and I didn't do all of that. I mean, there's plenty along the way and plenty of huge names and people built up by Fest, but, you know... He's going to show up somewhere, and and he's going to get put in, you know, the regular Jason Cade matches, and is that belt really going to have the right spotlight? You know, that's what frustrates me more than anything, is putting this thing on someone who's going to treat it like a joke, or treat it like a game, and not give it the right recognition.
2: Okay, well that being said, I, what is your plan? What is your plan to get that belt back? Is that your primary concern?
1: I take some criticism some of the times from people who say that you know my style in the ring or my my specialty you know my strength is these crazy party death blood weapons matches you know and they pop up a lot for me so you know my plan right now is to hunker down and, and fuck with his assumption uh, and out wrestle him I gotta get him in the right moment but to just purely out wrestle him in a wrestling ring and it, it may not be something the fest audience expects, but, you know, I feel like it's the best way to really teach him a lesson because none of the other shit has gotten through to him yet.
2: Well, that's for sure. Not only uh, not, uh, not the hardcore wrestling, not uh, weapons, not, uh, not even intimidation. He certainly has built up a, a wall of armor around himself where he feels unstoppable. But let me tell you, his attacks don't end there. Everybody listening right now, if they were listening twenty minutes ago, uh, Jason Cade painted a picture where Effie was not so uh, not so unbeatable in the ring, in his opinion. But Jason Cade uh, told us that from his perspective, Effie had painted himself into a position where, on the microphone, he said, "You believe that you're untouchable there." that you've put yourself in the category where your opponents cannot return volley.
1: (laughs) What do you have to say about that? Listen, you know, they they teach you when you're cutting a promo. They say don't don't get too personal. You know, don't drag your opponent down. You know, people won't care about the fight if you don't have two sides giving strong opinions. You know, you're supposed to say, Darren, Perry, you know, you're formidable fighters in the ring, but tonight is the night that I get the three count. And that shit is out the window. Nobody believes that shit anymore. Here's where we're at. When you take something and you and you get it disgusting and you make it personal and you make it angry and both sides have valid points but they're not being nice about it, that's entertainment and that's interesting. And you know, for me to come out on the microphone and think that I'm going to neuter my tongue towards him, I'm not. I don't neuter my tongue towards anything. But for him to think that I'm easily beatable in the ring, I think that's a fool's errand. Granted, did he almost have me pinned that one time? We can all guess, yes or no. Uh, Tony didn't feel like counting, though, and I don't blame him. When you're a dick to everybody, you find out that people are going to be a dick back to you. Did that have anything to do with me? No chance. He was just tired of the bullshit and tired of the disrespect, and he wears the fest's name on his shirt, and he respects the company and respects what we have. But to say there that I am in some way beatable by any more standard than anyone else is insanity because when it comes to it, I will take a lot of punishment. I will lay down for a lot. I will get beat up. I will get dropped on my head. Uh, but I will come back with some fire. And at the end of the night, I think Jason is going to find out that, you know, when Effie fights from the bottom, when Effie has to fight up instead of fighting as the champion, you know, throwing the arrows down at the people storming his castle. When he's attacking the castle, those walls break and when he fights up people get fucked up.
3: Wow, well you're I mean, you you're you're rightly a little bit heated about this whole situation. I mean, uh, Jason Cade he mentioned being treated unfairly by the Fest uh, promotion itself by by referees, by uh, ringside announcers, even by uh, Tony Weinbender, the promoter of Fest, and and I gotta say, you know, he he had some good points in there. So he even mentioned, you know, his attacks on you weren't exactly personal, but when you're the Fest Wrestling champion, it became very very personal. And an uh, attack on the Fest Wrestling Championship belt, or Fest Wrestling, is an attack on Effie, who is the champion, the face of the product. So. It may not have been personal at first, but it became personal. It sure as shit is personal now.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's personal to my view on wrestling, too. Because you take somebody like Jason, who from the start was given everything. Was given his Evolve contracts. Was given these beautiful friendships with all these blossoming stars. Was given all these bookings and group cars. Was put on the big stages. And something just didn't connect. So the disrespect that he feels towards Fest for putting him in multi-man matches or putting him in a tag team match or whatever he thinks is disrespectful about the way they were booking him is really silly because the only disrespect he should have is looking at himself in the mirror. He's been given everything in this business, and he's had to steal his way to actually earning the one thing he finally got a hold of. To me that paints you as someone who is more disappointed in yourself and lashing out than somebody who's really that disappointed in how they're being booked
2: well you know he said the same thing you just said he said all of us pointing fingers at him need to look in the mirror
1: hmm maybe so but that mirror is starting to look uh, a little boring compared to looking back in Jason's little worm eyes and taking my championship
2: Whoa. (laughs) All right. <laughs> uh, getting down to brass tacks Regardless of if your uh, Fest contract Or whatever uh, relationship you have With Tony Weinbender or with Fest I don't know about guarantees I don't know if Especially because you weren't pinned Are you getting an automatic title shot or not We also have Pickle in the Tree uh, The ladder match coming up At the very next Fest show uh, Whereas you may be Undecided Philosophically, about your direction or your uh, reclamation of your title? What about the, these opportunities that might actually literally be sitting right in front of you?
1: You know, here's what I got to say I think all the opportunities are there, and I think you guys saw Sunday. Um, Fest wrestling brings in the talent, there is no shortage of the amount of people vying for opportunities. I could go up and down this card, you know, with Sunday being the biggest show of the year, there's a lot more people than usual, but you know how those names pop back up throughout the year. That giant October show, that eight-hour extravaganza, is a beautiful way for Tony to get eyes on everyone for the year. And he's looking at who's performing, and he's looking at who deserves these opportunities, and he's looking at ways to enhance his company by putting the right people in the right position. And I know that's all around me. I know that if I'm going to continue to go after the belt, to, to everyone in that building, for them to keep showing up and believing in what I'm doing, I've got to put it up against everybody else, too, and I get that. So if it needs to be another pickle in the tree, if it needs to be me dominating a tag tournament and coming out on top and making a big deal, whatever the position that I get put into, I'm going to come out on top at Fest, and I believe that in my heart. So put all the ex-WWE guys, put all the Impact guys, put everybody with a freaking contract and a flight in, Put him up against me. Let's play the competition. At the end of the night, I'm still going to get decayed. I'm still going to get back to my championship because I'm very confident in my abilities. One slip at a big show after a long weekend that had really nothing to do with my shoulders touching that mat is not going to slow down what we're actually doing here, which is building a huge brand. And he is a freaking road bump on the path to that.
3: Wow. Well... Take some notes Jason K That's what a real champion sounds like right there And uh, again to us You are still Fest champion And you're certainly still the face of Fest wrestling And the
2: fire is clearly burning there Despite whatever despondency We may have been able to feel At the beginning of this conversation There's the fire
1: Don't let the tiredness fool you I'm still a a hot bucket of coals (laughs) Clearly
3: (laughs) Clearly Clearly so what what is the game plan between now and Pickle in the Tree are you going to talk to Tony Weinbender and hopefully uh, get some sort of path back to your belt
1: yeah you know you dig yourself in a hole when you're holding this belt they want you everywhere so I'm going to spend November going around the freaking country and I'm not going to be defending that belt but I'm going to be getting better and fighting new people and experiencing new things and becoming uh, even that much sharper of a knife in the ring so you know, whether it's Seattle, which I'm going to around Thanksgiving, or North Carolina, or Atlanta, or Indiana, or back to New York, wherever I'm going, in between now and Pickle in the Tree, you better be prepared, because I'm going to be sharpening that knife every night.
2: And we have no doubt about that. Actually, you know what, we'd love to hear from you while you're on the road. Let's get some uh,
3: some regular Lee Marshall
1: <laughs> I wasn't going
3: to make that reference, but I'm glad Darren did. Well,
1: welcome to my vlog. I'm in TSA security. <laughs> hey, you know what? Honestly, and this sounds real diva-esque, TSA security is going to be a little easier for this month while I can't get back at that belt because they would stop me every time with that big piece of metal and ask what the heck I was doing. <laughs> I said, "Baby, I'm the champion. I'm the champion. Calm down." <laughs> I, I think I now, now that I'm saying it out loud, I really want to I want to earn that struggle back. <laughs> you know, if these are your problems as champion, what problems to have, you know?
2: Oh, the best problems, the best kinds.
1: Absolutely.
2: Man, I mm. tell you what, I will say this before we let you go, that uh, it was a it was a moment in time uh, when you came out to Goodbye Yellow Brick Road.
1: And, That's uh, the new moment in time. I'm sticking with it, and let me tell you why. We've discussed the message of that song, but when you're walking to the ring and you hear him say... You can't keep me in your penthouse, baby. Woo! It it gets you to that magical place where you say, "Ain't nobody gonna tell me shit tonight." That's And right. that's what you need to hear before you get in a fight.
2: It absolutely is. Again, I, I keep saying this. This is like the, probably the fourth time I've said this. It sucks the air out of that room. <laughs> it really is the fifth time
1: you've said. I'm that. telling you, it slows everything down in that room. Yeah, absolutely. I control the the time speed continuum in that in that building during that three minutes. You're not
3: kidding. Well, I mean, all, all of the songs are either like heavy punk or you know, or ironic songs, and you come out with yeah. a very meaningful song like that.
1: Just authentic and real to me, and groovy and perfect. Yeah, I, I figured it out. You know we're going to have to get Sir Elton's permission to do it on TV, though, so.
3: (laughs) Well, (laughs) authenticity is one of your finest characteristics, my friend. I'm
1: trying, uh, baby. They're testing me, though. They test that authenticity sometimes. Sometimes I feel like feel like mariah carey out there just yelling at people
3: <laughs> you're way better than mariah carey effie um but we uh we we, uh, we obviously we we support you 100 uh, percent. we've been in your corner since uh day one and uh we're looking forward to you getting reclaiming what is rightfully yours and uh looking forward to seeing where this story goes and where the the yellow brick road takes you you can't right. say goodbye to it well. yet
1: I appreciate y'all's patience in the matter, but we're gonna get back on top. I'm working on it. I
3: absolutely believe that, my friend. Thanks, guys. So there you have it, folks. Uh, former and current FEST wrestling champions calling in. We know we know that we don't know uh, what's exactly going on or what the future holds. Uh, for Fest Wrestling. Jason Kane certainly seems like he knows. He sounds like he's got some pretty big ideas. I don't know how many will be executed by uh, Tony Weinbender, but if he's got ideas of his own, obviously he's blazing that comeback trail. I, I guess he is. I mean, it was really nice to hear
2: that fire back in his voice toward the end of our conversation, but the first part of that conversation, I mean... He seemed reluctant to give me any kind of concrete answer. Right. Well, he seemed really... De- I mean, we're down and out the way that title match ended. Right, absolutely. But, uh, I just... I don't know. It was surprising coming from the former champ, Effie.
3: Well, you can't be happy after losing your title. Uh, but, uh, I, I do take solace in knowing that uh, he will have opportunities to get it back because the next best wrestling show is... Pickle in the Tree featuring that Pickle in the Tree match where the winner does get uh, basically a title shot anytime they choose, and that worked out pretty well for Effie last time. Uh, So there are obviously multiple chances coming up. Also, Tony doesn't want Jason Cade to be the face of his company, so I'm sure Tony will figure out a way to somehow stack the deck against Jason Cade. And, you know, if he does that, he deserves it, but at the same time, Jason Cade... Said this is where this all began, the deck being stacked against him. So it, it's tough because Effie is right, therefore he's right. He thinks he's right. Jason K. thinks he's right, therefore he is right. Right is relative, Darren. Oh, man. Right is in the eyes of the beholder? So basically it's, it's, it's who do you think is most right? Who do you agree with? But uh, ain't that wrestling, baby?
2: It absolutely is. And I thought the deck was stacked enough. Right, I thought there was no way Cade was going to be able to walk out of last Sunday's uh, match with that belt. I mean, Angel, Rose, Diamante, whatever you want to call her, uh, even that notwithstanding, uh, Jason Cade had quite
3: a mountain to climb, but he did it. He did it. He absolutely did it, folks. And uh, we do want to thank both Effie, of course, and even Jason Cade oh, for taking the that. time. To uh, call into our show. We appreciate all of you, hashtag dear listeners and any hashtag new listeners out there for tuning in for our Fest Wrestling review. Uh, it was one hell of a show. Tony Weinbender can throw one hell of a fest, and it was one hell of a fest to, to boot, and one hell of a pre-fest as well. Jesus Christ. Did you enjoy our review of Fest Wrestling? We are family too. Were you at the fest? Let us know. There's a lot of ways you can let us know. Find us on Twitter at Show Podcast, R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Find us on Facebook, like and share. We would appreciate that. If you want to send us a Gmail, you may. The whole Refin Show at gmail.com. T-H-E-W-H-O-L-E-R-E-F-N-S-H-O-W at gmail.com
2: or Or we are always waiting for you on Instagram, where everybody knows your Instagram handle. The whole Reffin just like cheers. Come uh, share your pictures, Norm.
3: <laughs> They'll call all a bunch of norms. Our, our hashtag dear listeners. Come,
2: come share your pictures,
3: yeah. Frazier. That's better. That's better. I guess <laughs> Dr. They, Crane. They were all kind of losers in their own way. But that's it, folks. We're going to see you next week. On the only wrestling podcast That calls it right down the middle The whole and show By the way in case you forgot My name is Perry Smith And my name is the incredible badass That is Derek Beast. And we're going to see you folks very very soon So
0: long bye bye <laughs>